I'm still spinning a little bit, but I'll try to get some grips. You've definitely got a lot of information that's uh, being stored in that brain for sure. Did you know that if you take, I think it's 50 Tylenol, it can kill you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just saw that. Acetaminophen, yeah. yeah. That's one of the leading causes, I think, of uh, like pediatric deaths is kids getting into mom's Tylenol. And especially when you think about the, uh, was it Advil that has the candy coating? I remember when I was a kid, I literally used to suck on those when there wasn't candy in the house. Well, remember, Advil's the ibuprofen. Yeah, so that's probably still That kills bad. your stomach. And your liver, too, yeah. So what do you take? So if you have a headache and Advil's bad... Tylenol is bad. So Tylenol would just kill you liver-wise. Well, it's yeah, it's small doses. It's the people who get on like a chronic regimen where they're just popping them all day instead of dealing with the or alleviating the source of the pain another way. Um, it's a bad situation to be in because it's like, am I going to be in pain or am I going to do long-term damage that I don't feel today? Like I feel the pain today. I'm pop some pills, make me feel better. But in the long run, it's going to shoot my liver and make my organs eat each other i can't believe they get they put uh tylenol or what's the chemical name acetaminophen acetaminophen i can't believe they put that in kids stuff yeah i mean it's it's modern medicine i think is and there's this uh there's this rabbit hole i got into a, a little while ago so i'm a little fuzzy on the details but basically i think it was i think it was rockefeller basically took over the um, medical industry at the turn of the century and they took over the institutions they went through all of the curriculum and they there's a, a chart somewhere that shows the progression of how many schools that he took over with the I think he basically created the AHA um, or the yeah the American Health Institute or whatever it is AHA I forget what it stands for but basically they created the curriculum and as they took over more and more colleges forcing them to teach this curriculum they took out all of the stuff in the books that had any kind of natural remedy. So anything that it's like, oh, yeah, use this bark to cure this, use this to cure. Because every medication we have, there's a natural derivative that that or there's a natural base that that was derived from. So they're just making it stronger, probably throwing in whatever else and making it so we got to buy it from them instead of grow it ourselves or get it from our neighbor who's growing elderberry or, you know, even dandelion. That's one of the interesting rabbit holes to go down is uh dandelions are really good for your heart but we're told that they're weeds and then roundup is based on like not only is the the byproducts of roundup killing a bunch of people but roundup's whole existence is basically for killing dandelions and then roundup is also owned by the same company that uh creates some kind of a heart medication so it's like the problem that you could solve yourselves not only are they exacerbating it but they're also creating a barrier between you and growing it yourself so it's a it's an inter interesting rabbit hole to go down yeah i think advil is the better of the two yeah that's the stomach because I, I know it just kills your liver I, I remember i was i had a i was talking to a doctor and he said it's worse to drink if you if you compare the two, a twenty four pack versus taking Tylenol five hundred milligrams a day for a month, a twenty four pack a month is less toxic on the liver than five hundred milligrams a day of Tylenol. A twenty four pack a day? Yeah, that's that tells you how bad, and we all know how and that bad was from alcohol a, is. A very high end doctor too, not like some. It was a doctor, for Christ's sake. Doesn't matter who it's from. Yeah, you know I mean, unless they get, they're getting kickbacks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like the way they're prescribed. I guess they they're not intended to be taken throughout the day, every day. Um, so 
they're allowed to exist. And that's like for me to take a Tylenol or an Advil or anything, like I have to be in some pain. Like my fiance is a pharmacist, ironically. Oh, yeah. And I try to take like avoid taking any kind of pill or medication like when I'm sick. Um, I'll normally try to fight my way through it. She gets really upset when I do that. But the way I look at it is we're all from cavemen who were able to fight off just about everything. And they dealt with headaches and they dealt with boo-boos. And if they were able to do it, like I've got that in me. And by using these modern, what can actually tend out to be poisons, even if they're not poisonous to us, or even if it's not like a health detriment, it's still something that just, I feel makes you softer, makes you weaker. So yeah, for me to take any of that stuff, like I'm, I have to I'm be. I'm starting to think anything not from the ground, yeah, synthetic is just poison. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, I, it seems like one by one that that's how it is. And then you never hear about anybody dying from Tylenol unless you Google it, and even then it's a little bit. But you brave it, you'll see a ton of it. But you never hear about it on the news because big pharma pays for their commercials. Yeah. And I would always love to know, like how Pfizer and, and uh, recently Walmart, you know, they got fined like $3.1 billion for selling opioids. Yeah. Now, how do, you, how do you just sell opioids way more than you're supposed to, kill people, addiction, and no time, nobody goes to jail, you know, you just pay billions and go back to normal life? That's the thing with, with white-collar crimes. It seems like it's, it's uh, or even or corporate crimes, there's no one there's no one who's really accountable. And even if it ends up being someone who it, it does come down to an individual, they're going to some really cushy prison. But a lot of times when it's on a corporate level, it's just a slap on the wrist and they can do the math. They'll just say, okay, the probability of us getting a fine is X. The odds are this fine is going to be this amount. If we just continue as we're doing, we're going to make this amount. Yeah, do it. It's a business decision. And they paid $3.1 billion for the nation, na- nationwide opioid settlement framework designed to resolve blah, blah, blah. So, I'd love to know how much money they profited <laughs> even after that. And what they did, well, this is what they say. Okay, we pay $3.1 billion and boom, here you go. Uh, go back to work. Just make sure you do these uh, seven steps and, and everything will be cool. Yeah, they'll, they'll put out a little protocol update do some PR, say an apology, stroke a check, and figure out. I mean, it, and it doesn't mean that they're not doing it with something else right now. You know, it's just, okay, you caught us for this. We won't do that again. Well, just like Pfizer, the, the arthritis the arthritis medicine, mm-hmm. they had one. They, they whacked out a ton of people. Now, they got a big fine on that one. Boom, back to work. Yeah. They were in court, too, for the opiate, for the uh, when they added the cotton, and they said that, well, the cotton doesn't make a difference. It just uh, lasts longer. You still can't get addicted. How many people are addicted to opiates because of that? Yeah. They went in, $40 billion, walked out. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite movies is Fight Club, and I remember that there was one scene where Edward Norton was explaining what his character did for a living, and he was doing it for the auto industry, and he was basically saying, I go out, I inspect these different accidents. If I figure out that it's from a, a part that was faulty that we're liable for, we figure out the probability of it happening, how much that would cost us to do a a recall. Then we figure out what it would cost to pay off families for every time this results in a death. We do the math. And if that number is bigger than that number, we don't do a recall. And then the lady was like, what company did you say you're working for? And he's like, a big one. And that's, that's, I mean, any kind of big business, they look at everything as a bottom line. We want to, 
we want to live this illusion of government is out to protect us and big companies really care about us but you know corporations are made to make money not to improve people's lives and whether it's you know uh, the at the cost of the consumer level or their employees work conditions or wages or whatever else like their their incentives are all to be profitable so whether it's Pfizer Walmart Lilly Bayer you're saying they plan all this out. They say, okay, we have this drug. We already did the placebo. We know what it's going to do, but we're going to make $200 billion on this. Eventually, we're going we're gonna to end up in court. Okay, how much are we going to have to pay out? What do we think the courts will fine us? They go through all that. You got to imagine once they have millions, or maybe even billions invested in studies and figuring out what it does, it's like, okay, we can sell it as this medication, but it has these side effects they're going to figure out, okay, well, how many? Okay, one in a thousand will result in a death. Okay, the average settlement is going to be this versus all the other ones that we'll be able to pay out. And they they it comes down to money. They don't, they don't go in with the intention of like, okay, let's hurt somebody, but it is let's make money at whatever justifiable cost. But you would agree that they go in with the attention, knowing people are going to die, knowing people are going to get addicted, <clears throat> weigh out the profit versus loss once they get caught, or once enough people get sick, and is it worth it to go further with this medication? Yeah, they've or? got it because there's no way that they would move forward with these things. And at the end of the day, what's the repercussion? Like if you're the CEO, what are you going to do? You're going to take your bonus and like step down and then go become a CEO or a CFO or a COO at some other corporation just so they can say like, oh, well, we fired the guy in charge. Don't worry, we got him. Save face publicly. Keep buying our products. We're good guys now. He was the problem, if it even gets to that. But a lot of times it'll just be some kind of like, oops, we didn't know, stroke a check, keep going. You know, public all, apology, this is the same thing. And also, like, when we look at this, this just happened. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, right? So, but the opiate, the opiate epidemic, the prescribing of it, that's been killing people forever. And only now, so they continued it, continued it, continued it. To the point where that maybe that that fine is three point one billion, maybe it was ten billion. They pushed it off five, six, seven. What's three billion to Walmart? That's nuts. That's, that's, that's two hours of being open. Yeah, <laughs> I I was actually in the pharmaceutical industry. Oh man, going back uh, fifteen years or so, plus or minus. So I was in my twenties, making a lot of money, um, doing what I thought was good like I, I thought basically what that company did is they would set up this was how it was explained to me and at the time looking back it's like that was a really sketchy thing my my fiance even like the first conversation we had I was like oh you're I used to be in you know pharmaceuticals as well this is what I did and she's just like I don't know if we should be dating like I was like no I haven't I, I'm out but basically what we would do is and the way it was pitched to me was you know CBS and uh, Walgreens they're making all the money off of medications the doctors they have these high costs for their insurance and their overhead and yada 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 paint the picture of like oh these poor doctors they don't really make as much money as you think between battling with the insurance companies and yada 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 so what we do is we set up miniature pharmacies inside their locations and we allow them to sell the prescriptions that they're writing to their customers and it's also convenience because now the customers don't have to go across town to Eckerd's or well Eckerd's has been gone forever that shows how old I am um, Walgreens or CVS or whatever so the way it was pitched to me it was like oh this is really cool so fast forward I've been doing this for a while 
and I walk into the 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 time I I remember this really clicked and I realized how bad this was. I was in a waiting room for one of the clinics and we're setting up clinics. It's it's selling like gangbusters. I'm sitting there in a waiting room with a bunch of boxes. Now in the boxes are just empty amber bottles to be filled with pills in the little dispensary. Sitting there waiting to be buzzed in and everybody in the waiting room is just like, "Hey, what's in the box?" And they're like coming around me. I'm just like, "What the hell?" We were moving a lot of opiates at the time, and I had no idea. To me, like, pharmaceutical companies are good. Opiates and vitamins or all whatever these pills were, they're just vitamins. I'm not a uh, you know, pharmacist. I don't know the difference. I don't take any of this stuff, so I have no idea. That day, I remember thinking, I was like, wow, this stuff is really addictive. Like, these people are... This is something. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Breaking news, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shave your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to Manscaped.com and using code MSCS Media for 20% off and free shipping. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all the stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a monster of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. No more messing around in drawers, this color one, that color one, all with one guard. Plus it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower and avoid all that hair in the sink. The Pro Kit doesn't end there though. First, there's the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember your hair is different. Next, Manscaped's beard oil. Cap it off with beard balm. The Pro Kit also comes with three different gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code MSCSmedia at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code MSCSmedia. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Link is in the description below. This episode is sponsored by Zbiotics. What is Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic? The Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is a genetically engineered probiotic you drink before drinking alcohol to avoid that rough next morning and get back to living your life. PhD scientists invented it because they know the real problem is not dehydration. It's a toxic byproduct of alcohol. And Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is the only product that breaks it down. Just remember to drink responsibly and plenty of rest too. Every time I have Zbiotics before drinking, I'm amazed at how good I feel the next day. Zbiotics is a must-have for me because it means I'm still going to make my daily workout even if I have a few drinks the night before. That's important to me. You can get Zbiotics for 15% off your first order using my code MSCSMEDIA at checkout. I recommend getting the six-pack. That's what I got. It's a great deal. You have a couple extra to share with friends. Go to zbiotics.com backslash MSCS Media. That's Z as in zebra, biotics, B-I-O-T-I-C-S dot com backslash MSCS Media or scan the QR code on the screen right now and get 15% off your first order. You will not be sorry. Link is in the description below. This was too much. (laughs) Now, do you think that that they're talking about it now and things like Forbes and Wall Street because what is it, Colorado and Portland, it's legal? Yeah, Oregon. I know uh, Oregon. Oregon and Colorado are the two states that are like the tip of the spear on this kind of stuff. And not only are they doing the research, but they're also 
Um, it seems like they're more progressive with changing the laws around it as well. So they're funding the research first, obviously. And I know there's a, like MAPS is a big um, organization that does a lot of psychedelic research. But uh, I know in, I believe in Colorado, you can even do therapy with uh, MDMA for like PTSD. And it's really, really, um, it's progressive. It's brave of them to do. I think it's, it's going to show that there's definitely a benefit to it. And it's just spreading awareness. You know, it's just like legalizing weed. One state had to be the first, then some more jump on, and then it becomes less of a a thing i remember it wasn't too long ago it was like oh someone smokes weed they're a loser yeah the devil well now they're you know (laughs) on forbes and they're on the list so like fortune 500 company ceos are smoking weed and microdosing so do you think that they've been microdosing or they're just more vocal about it now because it's not a well it's still federally schedule one but per state they seem not to be messing with them yeah, I think I think people have been doing. Uh, I, th- I think people have been doing it for a while. I remember. Um, I think one thing that probably helped uh, was I think it was Steve Jobs's um, autobiography, I guess. And he had. I didn't read it. I think I might have listened to it on Audible, but I know that there was a uh, a part in there where he said that he had a really profound life altering experience on acid. So I think a, a lot of people were like, wait a minute, Steve Jobs? Okay. So that probably opened their minds where it's like you have the business guy who's probably trying to stay away from anything, maybe aside from like, you know, having a Manhattan at the end of the day, but they're trying to be a top performer. And now these worlds are starting to combine. We're like, okay, I can access other parts of my brain. I could look at problems from a different perspective with the help of, you know, some some mind altering substances. And throughout the day, it will boost their mood, especially if you're trying to do something creative um, in a lot of the industries now, a lot of st- startups, you're you're literally making stuff up as you go. I know from being in startups for, you know, almost two decades, there's a huge burden of like, you just got to sit there sometimes. There's no like book. There's no way to look up the solution. You've got to create the solution. So finding a way to kind of detach your brain from the little box and, uh, um, attack it from a different vector, I think is probably something that's been growing for a while. And I think that as those people become influential, it'll help the politicians to start coming around, make it more legal. But the studies have to be there to back it up. You know, you were talking about how it's hard to create, you know, thinking in your mind. Did you read the book by, uh, I think, Stephen Prescott? It's called The Art of War. Not The Art of War like you're The thinking. War of Art. <clears throat> the War of War Art. Of Art. Yes. What a fucking great book yeah. huh? about retention. Yes. You know, when you go to sit down, everybody looking at you like, why, Casey, why are you at the computer just staring at it? That's the retention. Like, you got to fight that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, well, hell of a book, huh? Yeah, very interesting. I know uh, I've heard Rogan, I think, was the first person to mention it. And, he had uh, him on, yeah. Yeah, it was um, It's definitely an interesting uh, amalgamation of information in that book. I, I think it's, like, probably one of my top ten now. Me too. And if you haven't read it, even the preview, the audio preview was enough to get you hooked. Yeah. Because he gives an example, I think— of, you know, a woman was 81, you know, she worked at a restaurant all her life. She was about to die and she started painting and that was her calling. And she lived another five years Mm -hmm. because she went with, with what she loved. And I can relate to that because my grandma was supposed to die a bunch of times, but she, I kept getting her dogs 
and the dog kept her alive because he kept her up and moving and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I think, think he's right about a lot of it. I think there's studies behind that 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 because uh, that's something I've had the impression of. I can't remember where I got that impression, but older people getting dogs helps them. Like I think studies have shown they end up living longer because it gives them purpose, it gives them joy, it gives them something to uh, to to care for. I think there's a I always look at like the human body as kind of a machine that's built on necessity. Like you go to the gym and you lift weights and you build muscle because your body is going, okay, we're in, your body doesn't know what's going on, but it's like, okay, we're in some kind of situation that we're lifting heavy stuff all over the time. Let's divert some of the resources into building muscle so that task that we're obviously doing a lot becomes easier. Okay, it seems like we're running a lot. Okay, let's divert some of our resources into making our cardiovascular system more efficient, bringing our heart rate down so it can operate at these higher levels for a longer period of time with more ease because we're doing it often. When people start getting stagnant, when people... You always hear like these guys retire and within six months they're dead. Mm -hmm. It's not because I, I think they would have lived longer if they stayed in the job. There's yeah. a lot of guys like that where they just keep working because especially if you enjoy it. But I think your body starts realizing like fast, like if we rewind, you know, an eon or a couple of eons, we're, we're, we're part of a tribe. There's only so much food and resources. And if you're not contributing to moving the tribe forward or performing a function, like you're dead weight. So... If you're older, you're not active, you're not doing something mentally, I think your body just has a mechanism in it where it's like, okay, it's time to start, you know, winding things down and, you know, pull the plug. We're just eating, you know, the, the tribe's resources. So having that dog to take care of, to nourish the activity, um, it's, I think that's a really important thing. And staying mentally kind of fit. I think people forgot about the mind, the mind and instinct, because mm -hmm. it seems in my opinion, this civilization here now, we went the super technology, super technology. You know, we're, we don't give a shit about the earth. We're, we're not in touch with the earth. Everything's technology, phone, the newest thing, the newest that, the newest whatever. The other 11 ice ages that Graham Hancock had to wait seven years to come out with so the government wouldn't fuck with them, but he can prove 11 ice ages, they were more in touch with the earth and the soil and self and all is one and the universe is all within, you know, and for all we know, they may have seen that asteroid coming and got the hell out of here. Yeah. That's and it fucking seems like that based on a lot of what Graham has to say and come out with. Yeah. I, can't I, wait to talk to him. I haven't finished the special or the, uh, the series, but I, I did listen to that episode on Rogan and that was some mind blowing stuff. And I'm definitely uh, looking forward to you interviewing him because i'm sure you'll have some really good questions for him as well um the he said he had said that every president should do a, a massive trip before the president i think i think he's 100 percent right it, and that was a way of life before you have to imagine like the chiefs of the tribes they had to have their ego in check and doing something like ayahuasca and i mean they have evidence that like all tribes had some kind of a ceremony whether it was like peyote i think is probably the equivalent that they'd use in you know the texas in the west and ayahuasca in south america they had something where they got to another dimension they you know got their egos in check and they got that perspective and then you can come back and, and lead better they took the uh around where the parent in the, in the amazon mm -hmm. they found in the the some of the bone and shit like that it was it's called 
uh, habaki. It's our habaki mushroom or hibiscus. The hibiscus mushroom. Okay. Something I, I haven't heard of. It's, just, it's another form of, you know, like psilocybin, but it was all over. And they dated back to, they dated back to 1.4 million years ago, man fishing. 1.4 million. And that's changing everything we know about everything. history. So there goes that 6,000, maybe, you know, this civilization or whatever we know is 6,000 years, but proof. You, you can't deny data. Mm-hmm. And that's why they had held on to it for seven years because they didn't want the government to come in and yank it, whatever. Well, now they have a facility built fully where they can test it. Who the hell knows where yeah, the it is? Yeah, undisclosed. I yeah. heard. Yeah, Don't want to know because I want to know the results. Yeah. You know, how do you not want to know your history? Yeah. Get alone the fucking ocean. Shit. Yeah, I think I've, I've got this. My experiences have given me this... Um, theory i guess you'd call it because it's something i can prove but i feel like it, it goes along with the simulation theory uh where this is all something that we're just creating creating uh collectively we're all just fractals of an intelligent source consciousness we're creating this and that's why i think when you start seeing evidence of conflicting things i think that's just because there's enough people believing in both the evidence is kind of manifesting and I think we're getting to a point now where we're creating a lot of the things that have been fiction for so long we're creating them bringing them into reality and then I think there's um, I think a lot of people are kind of getting I guess bored with the the show or the game or whatever you want to call it and that's why it's seeming to it seems like it's upping the level on so in so many different ways we're getting aliens coming in and Government conspiracies are being confirmed and, you know, the the reincarnation of in civilizations is coming to fruition and extra term. Like they just uh, I think something just recently, um, I think they actually got a, um, a Nobel Prize for like kind of proving that this is a holographic universe. Like, I guess a lot of the math in quantum physics and everything is. It, it makes a lot more sense if this was a holographic universe instead of what we really think it is. So it's, I think it's just the narrative that we're writing right now is just getting really entertaining. Do you know who David Icke is? Yes. <clears throat> I had him in. Yes. I saw that. I didn't get to finish it. I got, I got the, probably the first half of that episode. I think he's a hundred percent on point. And they, and you know, he wrote about all that in the nineties. Yeah. He had like a, what was it that he had that was a really quick split or something after he was playing football or soccer? Yeah, he had arthritis. He had arthritis really, really bad. But wasn't there something where, like, all of a sudden he was, like, tapping into, like, a psychic ability or he had some kind of experience? So Maybe he, I'm wrong. Sort of. So he, he had arthritis really bad, and mm -hmm. he wanted to keep playing. So one of his buddies said, go to this psychic. She can heal all kinds of stuff. He walks into the psychic, and the psychic had a could feel his being okay and she goes you're here for a message and he's like what and he goes i have arthritis and she just starts hitting him left and right like you're here for a reason blah 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 so he goes back a few times see what she has to say and he's like something came over me and he's like everything just became different and i started thinking different and i would write it down you know blah 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 the reptilian blah, blah, blah. and he knew like princess diana he knew all these heavy people so, you know, everybody thought he was nuts, you know, in the 90s. They even banned him in uh, the EU for two years. Banned him. No, no writing, no nothing. J just because he was saying what he had 
scene in his mind with frequencies and sound and whatever. So what really got him, I guess, banned was he had what he had said was Princess Diana had a the a reptilian brain. But what he meant was not that she's a reptile, that he feels that there's hierarchies, you know, one, two, three, four of the reptilian brain. Mm-hmm. And we have the reptilian brain in the back. If I mean, I yeah, think, we, you, you know yeah, that. we still have it. Yeah. And he said that what the issue is here is me and you are desensitized. We no longer pay attention to our instinct like everyone because we don't need to. We mm-hmm. don't pay attention to instinct, to you know what the mind says. We we're just, like a house cat. We're like a house cat. Yeah. But some people never lost that. And one of the greatest examples, and I was with somebody that was like this. Have you ever been with a girl, maybe, you know, your wife? Is your wife? Fiance, yeah. Fiance, soon it might yeah. as well be. You're done for, but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, if you walk into a room and you're with somebody and say your wife, fiance, says, uh, Casey, this, this is no good. Let's leave. It's because they have an aura that we don't have. They have that aura where they can feel shit. They know it because they're in touch with self still. Yeah. And he wrote about all this. And what he had said about Princess Diana was not that she's a reptile, is that she's in touch with self. And when he had conversations, she understood him. Hmm. He understood her, you know, the levels. So, like, you know, we're at this shit level, peanut level, and then the next level and the next level. And eventually, there is no time. What is time? Time is what we think of time is the earth goes around the sun 24 hours. Yeah. In the next hierarchy, there is no time. Yeah. And if there's no time, then nothing began and nothing ended. Yep. And he is dead set that this is all simulation. And the next hierarchy, you're out of the simulation. And within the simulation is dimensions. And on and on and on. And it all makes sense. It all adds up to me. And I think this is a simulation. As crazy as it sounds, I do. Yeah, Edgar Casey uh, was this guy who used to go into hypnotic trances and he would just start speaking all this stuff and then they would write it down and he'd make predictions and all sorts of other things. And I remember one of the things um, that always stuck with me is he said that one of the things that was kind of channeled through him as a conduit was time is an illusion of a conscious mind of a, of a consciousness. It's been created and time only exists in the third dimension. So when you go to the fourth dimension, there is no time. You're able to move through it physically, just like you and I can move across this room. You can move through time. It's happening like simultaneously in the singularity. Like all this is an explosion. So yeah. if you're outside of like, let's say the Big Bang existed and we're all in this simulation, it's or all in this this uh, self-contained explosion, it's just an explosion and all of this is existing within it simultaneously at one time. So it's, and I think we're going to get more and more into it because they're starting to get into like Mandela effects and that actually being um, kind of people slipping through to different universes and tapping into memories from different universes and all these things are multi. He he calls it like the hierarchy within the, within the different dimensions. Mm -hmm. And depending on what hierarchy you're on and, in this life here now depends on if basically you became desensitized. That's his thing. Yeah. So if you're not, the question is, one question he brought up that was interesting was, do you live this life over and over again to get it right? Because this is a simulation. Let's just say this is a simulation, right? 
and your calling is to be a doctor and your calling is only to be a doctor, but you are, you are a dentist. Mm -hmm. Well, now you got to live this over and over again. Same life, but you got to get it right. And once you get it right, whatever your calling is, then you move to the next hierarchy. And that's his, that's what he thinks that the simulation is you're here until you understand yourself within self and you follow your calling. And then once you follow your calling, then you've achieved to move up to the next hierarchy. Now, everybody listening to this is going to think we're completely nuts, nuts and fucking nuts. But, but there are some people who are, I think yep. there's, if you're tuned into the right frequency, yep. certain stuff appeals to you. There's certain information where it kind of clicks. And the way I experience it is it's almost like I'm remembering something more than I'm learning something. Like when you hear something that's like, ooh, that's good, you think it's it's something you're learning because it's the first time you can recall hearing it, but I think it's really a memory that's kind of being like a scab coming mm -hmm. up and you're like, oh, that's right, that was there. And that's why certain people go down certain paths. And it's, I, I remember there was a, when I first heard about Eckhart Tolle, I wasn't in, I wasn't tuned into the frequency. It was someone suggested I get into Eckhart Tolle. They're like, yeah, I think you'd enjoy his books. It was like seven years later. And for some reason that that name stuck in my head, that weird name, Eckhart Tolle, never heard of anybody named Eckhart Tolle. But for some reason, seven years down the road, I was having, uh, maybe not seven years, but a few years down the road, I was having you know, a, an existential kind of crisis. And I was like, for some reason that came up and it was, I was just like, okay, I'm going to check this out. So I started off with uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. But just the fact that I I remembered that <laughs> was something that I always thought that was really significant. It was so weird to remember that weird name that I would, I, I could meet someone in this room, his name's Mike, and I've met a thousand Mikes, and I won't remember his name's Mike, you know, but for some reason I remembered that. But then also the information, I realized I wasn't tuned into that frequency. I could sit there and hear it. I could read the book, but I wasn't tuned in to really understand it. It wasn't. It didn't have a, a, a key to a, a keyhole to fit into. And I think there's certain people who, when they start hearing this information, some of them they're not tuned in. It's going to go right through them. They're going to think you're crazy or whatever else, or it's woo woo nonsense. And other people, they're going to be like, yeah. I, okay, I want to hear more. I want to have this conversation. And they'll have questions. They'll dig deeper and they'll start opening something up. And the other people, they're just on a different part of the cycle. And it's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> when I was talking to him, you know, I wanted to be devil's advocate, even though I believed everything he said. Mm -hmm. Like I had nothing to argue what he said, but I played devil's advocate a little bit, yeah. you know. And <clears throat> he said all about frequency. So, for an example, when you're thinking of Sam and Sam calls you, you think, oh, my God, you know, how did this happen? It must be God. And he was like, no, you idiot. Sam was thinking of you. You were thinking of Sam. The frequencies connected with each other subconsciously, and Sam called you. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's less of a thought you had and more of like a signal you received. Correct. So people are like, oh, well, what are the odds of me thinking? It's just coincidence. But it's like, no, you guys are both tuned in you both received a signal you weren't the one broadcasting it and then i asked him about deja vu because we had talked about that yeah. and that's how we, i believe that was different dimensions <clears throat> and he was like oh no 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 you just didn't do it right that you were there yeah that you know you were at that boardwalk that smells like salt you just didn't do it right yet that's yeah. why you're still here Back i said then. i said well you're still here too yeah <laughs> and he's like how do you know if i'm still here you know it's you know it's joking but and then he had said, 
this is when he really got me, and I was like, definitely believe him. So I asked him about the pyramids. Mm-hmm. I said, so what do you think? You know, I talk, I talked to Graham, watched Graham. Graham's coming in, but I haven't talked to him, talked to him. What do you think with the pyramids? And he said, sound, telepathy, and vibration. And immediately I thought, so like an electric razor. If I put an electric razor on this table and I keep it on, it's going to move from here to here. Mm-hmm. So then, right away, it made sense. So if this civilization, think 50 years ago, what were we doing? There was no phones, no nothing. In a matter of like 20 years, we have phones, computers, iPads. Yeah. Let's just give it a thousand years. If that electric razor that we have a battery in can move from here to there, why is it unthinkable or unreasonable to believe that with 5,000 years, you can't use vibration to move a 70-ton block to build a pyramid yeah it's the same physics it's just scaled up and if you can kind of think what somebody else is thinking that's telepathy right telepathic but Mm -hmm. not to the extent from prior because i believe they were on psychedelics and that's what elevated them to a, a higher level and they were more with in tune of the universe that's giving you all the answers mm-hmm. so now if you can move things by sound by telepathic it all makes sense if you have time to advance to that level and you're not obsessed with green and fucking, you know, what bathroom you're going to go into and you go a different route, it, it's more than feasible to me. Yeah, I, I look at it as um, like one of my beliefs is we're there's there's certain things that are kind of like pre-programmed in us. The seeking of problems and the desire to find solutions, I think that's that's just something that's in us. I do see what you're saying, uh, and, I, and I've experienced what you're saying about how women are, they're tuned in to something else that we're not. I think men normally are more inclined to be problem seekers and solvers, and women have that intuition. I think they're definitely more in tune. Um, and then I think it's very important to have, like one of my experiences is it has has given me the perspective that we are here to just go through challenges like whenever people withdraw from challenges whenever you quit because it's hard your life never gets better there's a reason why this game is built to challenge you and then through the challenge you're able to go on to higher levels and you gain things but you have to go through struggle and the other thing that i think uh, or one of the other things that i think is programmed in us is like uh, empathy and altruism like it feels better to help somebody there's there you can't teach somebody that unless you're a sociopath and you i think you, you that's one of the things you lack but there's there's a reason it's like an internal compass that guides you to find a purpose in life like you said if you're going to be a doctor you might not know what it is but once you tune into it you're like that's what it it clicks but there's that desire to seek that that problem and that solution helping people is something that we all have it always feels good no matter who you are at what level you're at if you're genuinely able to help someone in some way it feels good and you want more of that and i think there's a reason why we have all that programmed into us but a lot of it is unfortunately drowned out by by you know you got to buy something shinier you got to buy something more expensive you got to buy the faster car you got to get the bigger salary you got to buy the bigger house you know all that stuff 
And the, the world, I think, is, like you were saying, it's disconnecting us. We're being ripped from this natural kind of harmony that we're in with everything. And that's why a lot of people are struggling and they're going to pharmaceuticals. Look at that. It all tied back in. All tied back in. <laughs> and, and look at what they did. They went another route. They went within, like we were talking about, mm -hmm. within nature. And look how they advanced. They're, they got things we can't build now yeah. all over the place. Mexico, they got pyramids. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. So <clears throat> I agree with you 100%. And that, Ike. Yeah, that, that, shows, uh, that shows the intelligence. Like you could look at them and be like, oh, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have social media. And it's like, yeah, we're not better because of it. You know, but they've, they've put up these buildings, these structures that have lasted so long. We don't even know. Like with all of our advancement, we still haven't figured out how they did that. It's like, what message were they trying to convey? And really, if you think of it, let's say we were to, you know, come together and we're like, okay, there's going to be some cataclysmic stuff that is going to, I remember there's a, there was a, I think it was a radio lab episode or something. And it was a thought experiment where they're like, okay, what, what message can you put down some way that would last thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years that you could know that the new like uh, a message that you can convey to some other potentially species just yeah. some other form of intelligence it can't be anything written because that would require them to know what english is so right away all written language is out and then even symbols they were like going through the the whole breakdown of the thought process of like oh skull and crossbones it's like well skull and crossbones only means something to us we have a context for it we know that means poison but to some random what if it's an octopus, uh, you know, octopus alien that comes here? Skull and crossbones means nothing to them, but making a massive structure that was specifically designed with these certain, like they're finding out now, like the dimensions of, I guess they've known for a while, but just getting out more and more, the dimensions of the pyramids match, you know, our distance, you know, the, the circumference of the earth and our distance from certain planets and all this it's stuff. A, it's within half a degree of the North Pole. Yeah. We don't have anything. There's no satellite. There's no nothing that that's that is that accurate. <clears throat> nothing. There's nothing on Earth that accurate within a half a degree of the North Pole. That's insane. <laughs> and this has all been and it was deliberately <laughs> suppressed. They told us what it's nothing. for. It's for kings. It's for it's a big extravagant burial. And everything that Ike said, Tesla wrote and was sealed by the government until about seven years ago. Did you know that? I'm sure even when they unseal stuff or unclassify it's not all stuff, unsealed. Yeah, yeah. But a lot that was unsealed <clears throat> talks about the hierarchy, the reptilian brain, simulation, dimensions, in different wording. Mm -hmm. But he wrote it and that's why they sealed it. Yeah, it's um it's exciting to see all of this unravel. Like the next few years, I, I was just having a conversation with someone the other day and I was just saying, you know, we're so fortunate to be alive at this time, especially in our age, because you know, if you're 70 right now, you're not going to see the rest of the show, but we're going to see enough of it where we've been able to see, it, you know, progress from pre-internet, pre-cell phones, pre-home computer, and we're able to appreciate it. Whereas the kids who are, they're born in the last 10 years, this is just something that they expect. But also seeing this progression of like anybody talking about aliens was a crazy person in the 80s. It's like, oh, that's Uncle Tom. Don't listen to Uncle Tom. He's, he's nuts. Yeah, he had experience when he's camping. Yeah, don't listen to him. And now it's like government's coming out and they're like, yeah, we we don't know what these things are. We've got lots of footage of them and we don't know what they are. And it's like, okay, if you're admitting to it, there's always something else that they're not. It's like a whole 
game of poker. Like if you're willing to show me your ace, you've got three. You know, if you're telling me you've got footage of these aliens, like you've had relationships with them for a while. Like there's always something deeper, I think. See, I went back and forth. I think last time I was stuck on <clears throat> that they were UFOs or drones, but for a while I was stuck that they were drones. I was like, no, they're definitely drones. Do I think there's UFOs? Yeah. But do I believe Bob Lazar? Yeah. What made you think that they were drones? I just I like I drones opposed to something piloted with someone living in it. I like thought I thought it was like China, Russia, okay. another country, or ours, because we're ba in my opinion we're very close to war. And before war, you always say, "Hey, look, look what I have. Think twice." Yeah. Before you make your move, think twice, buddy. So being that they were, you know, coming out with them, Biden's in a lot of shit. What a great diversion. Yeah, great distraction. I mean, there, there, there is no better. Di you know diversion than saying hey look we think that there are ufos in other life and then you know the pope puts that within the religion that there's external life and you know god loves them too and this and that i mean what a diversion so i'm like these are definitely drones and what's funny is now i'm so I don't know, warped jaded like traumatized what have you whatever whatever you want to describe it as but now every time i see a high a, a headline of like balenciaga i'm like Okay, what else is going on? Like, what bill did they pass? Like, what else? Because they're like, hey, look over here. Look at this. Ooh, we got aliens. It's like, oh, something really bad is happening somewhere else. But then Gary Nolan came along. Do you know that is? No. And that was when I said, okay, they're not from here. They're, they're not drones. They're not from here. I don't, you know, maybe some of them are. I think there's a mixture. I think some of it's us. Some of it's China, Russia. But I think there's some the, of it that's- Like the real crazy shit that's going into the ocean- after Gary Nolan, I think they're real. And Gary Nolan is up. He is the top blood expert in the world. And he has <clears throat> uh, invented a machine that can take your blood and tell you everything beyond belief about your blood. And he's the only one that has it and the only one that invented it. Was it like a rapid sequencing? Or? Yeah, it's like I can't even explain it. Whatever the fuck it is, he's the only one that could do it. He's the only one that invented it. He's the only one that has it. Hmm. So he's the top. So one day he's in his office. The CIA comes in. He thinks it's a prank, like, you know, like a punk me type thing. And they're sliding over pictures of UFOs and shit. And he's like, and he, he said, he's like, I'm trying to get them to stop the prank. Like, okay, you got me. All right. Okay. Yeah. So what do you want me to do? You want me to take a spaceship up? And then they slide him across three pictures of people that died. And that caught his attention. And he's like, and uh, the CIA and uh, four astrophysics, astrophysicists said, are, are, are you interested now? And he was like, yeah. So he said, what happens is when things like this happen, there's a, in the, is it the DDC or whatever? He said, DDC, DD something. What stands the, for something? Like Department of, uh, oh, I don't, I don't even Department know. Department of whatever. So, okay, you saw a UFO, it goes in the weird box, right? Or you took the stick, it goes in the weird box, you died. Well, when that weird box gets high enough, somebody starts to take a look. Well, the weird box got high enough with this UFO shit. And then the CIA, everybody else in private started looking into it, and they narrowed it down to 100 people. And they said, we want you to investigate these 100 people. So he went through them all. He said, well... The only way I'm going to do this is if I can get their contact info and I can talk to them. What's this guy do normally? You said he's like a 
blood. He's, blood. he's a blood doctor. Okay. So he, he's an expert in blood. So the CIA already like had these people ruled in, like circled as like maybe they're not. They they had it narrowed like... down to a hundred people that they were confident weren't lying. Okay. That were a hundred percent real, and that those were the hundred. Oh, in like UFO experiences. Yeah. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. And what had happened was when they had done brain scans, all of them had white matter. Every one of them had white matter. And they wanted to go to him to see how that ran through the blood, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why they wouldn't go to a neurophysicist. Maybe that's something because he's like, there's some things I can't say. So there's probably more to it than just white matter. So the guy who died was a person who went up and touched the craft. Okay. Okay. He went and interviewed all these people and he said, I believe every one of them. But he goes and he's like, I'm not into the story. He goes, I'm a doctor. You know, I'm a scientist. I, I don't I don't have any interest in the story. My interest is what is this? Where did it come from? And how can we use it here to benefit life ourselves? So they interviewed every one of them. Every one of them had the same characteristics, pretty much. Uh, you know, they got too close. Some were pilots. Uh, so is is the white matter then like a uh, like a residual like radiation effect or something like that? Yeah, is that it, what? Oh, right. Wow. So, but huh. he, but he, but he said multiple times, he there is no evidence that they're trying to hurt anybody. It's just you got too close to it. So if you're in a fighter jet, you know a lot of fighter jet. Guys got a lot of brain damage. Maybe it messed up their balance, their movement. <clears throat> some re regrows and regenerates. Some doesn't. But it, it's not like it was on purpose. Yeah. I none of them were on purpose. It's just they got too close. Like if you walk behind a, a jet fighter when it's taking off, you're going to be in flames. Yeah. You know. So you get too close and go touch it. You know they don't know what you're going to do. You know. So long story short. So. After him and, and all that, I'm like, okay, this this guy is not fucking around. You know, he, he's not into conspiracies. He doesn't even care about the story, the biggest part, yeah. you know, because he, he's a fucking scientist. And his conclusion was, whatever these things are, he thinks that there's tension between them, that multiple, uh, multiple different life is coming here and there's tension, as if... You know, maybe, you know, Ice Age number seven came. They this podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast. Monster Energy. This episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. He said it's an illusion. And he has, he has the what picture. <clears throat> These UFO things. Okay. They're, they create a, an illusion. 
So there was a mother driving, two kids in the back, over 18. They see something hovering over them. The mom can't see it, but the t this goes back to Ike. But the two kids can. They take a picture. Now, they see the craft, but in the picture, you can only see the hologram around it. No craft. Hmm. So he thinks there, there could be one right here. It's an illusion. It's like a hologram. Yeah. It's there, but you can only see it at certain times. Super going, advanced camo, basically. Going back to Ike, Ike said, the reason why you see these things come and go, because our brains can only comprehend the speed of light or light. So when these crafts come in through light, you can see it. When they go out through light, we can't see it. It's there, but we can only see things that come through light. So if all the lights are off in here, we can't see shit, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you have goggles on. So just multiply that by a gazillion. That's how these things are. Interesting. Ike said it. Nolan said it. Blah 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 blah. So I mean, no, that's I mean that's one th that's one thing that always fascinated me is like we're only able to see like a very small spectrum of because all we're seeing is we're our eyes are able to pick up wavelengths and what we call the visible spectrum. We have like infrared that is something we wouldn't be able to see unless we have the aid of a aid of a camera, and then we have ultraviolet, which is something that you know the sun's putting out, and we're you know everyone's heard of UV, but we're not able to see it without the aid of devices. So really, all something would have to do an intelligent species, they just have to say, okay, this is how their lights work, their eyes work. They've got three rods and cones or whatever. Okay, this is what they're able to see. Let's just make a cloak that puts us on this end of the spectrum. It's just like, and you could put that over a person, just like you could put camo on a Humvee and you could put camo in somebody's, you know, uniform. Like when I say person, I mean like a being. So imagine them just walking around and observing us and all those times where you hear like doors open and close. They're just checking you out. Just Well, the top blood doctor on the planet believes that is so. Yeah. So is it the beings that are, are, sending off a radiation or these are all craft related craft related okay it's yeah that's not, probably not the their propulsion system yeah the, whatever's making a move anti-gravity and then um <clears throat> what was really crazy is in the water they're going like 400 miles an hour in the water 600 thousand miles an hour in the water with no bubbles so i think that there there's this thing uh did we talk about uh super cavitation or hyper cavitation there's one thing I wanted to mention to you um, before when I first found out about it. So we use this, I think it's, I think it's called super cavitation. Basically what they're able to do right now, uh, we know that it exists with torpedoes. Like they can send a torpedo out that basically that torpedo is able to create an air pocket around it. So it eliminates the, the, the hydro, hydraulic drag. So it's able to move through water faster because, as you know, like things move faster through air than they do through water because there's all that drag. So they've eliminated that drag. So they're basically making like the equivalent of like a supersonic missile. They're making like supersonic. I don't think it'd be called supersonic, but they're extremely fast torpedoes. Now, I believe there's theories that we've got that also around submersibles, also around the, the submarines. So the amount of power that it takes for them to move would be decreased, but they'd also be able to travel at way faster speeds than hydrodynamics would allow them to. So now imagine a more advanced craft that is able to basically apply the same principles, but they do that with like space-time. 
So now like the laws of physics, while they're visiting this dimension, they don't apply to them, just like the laws of hydrodynamics don't apply to that torpedo because it's kind of within that space, but also it's not in that space. So I think that's why they're able to perform, like they say, like, oh, they make these right angles and the acceleration, the instant acceleration, nothing could be surviving that. It's like, you're right, unless they were like removed from space time and all we're witnessing is like what we can from this perspective, you know? Right. We're looking at them like it's me and you in that craft and trying to make a left turn. Yeah. We're talking about another civilization that can get here from another planet that we don't know of. Yeah. So they're in no comparison to what we can do. Yeah. But that's how we compare them. Yeah. We have to, we can only compare it to what we know and that's why what they're doing doesn't make sense and that's why it seems so crazy but to them it's just it's just a technology they have like so, a dog would be like oh how they move so fast in this this metal box it's like ah oh, it's a car dogs don't understand that let alone the propulsion system in it and we're basically that equivalent where we're just like it went this fast it's like ah it can't be real then it's like no i saw it. it's like yeah you're crazy two more things on that so <clears throat> he said exactly uh nolan that is said exactly what you said and then he, i forget the guy's name but he said uh i fucking can't remember his name he's in england mathematically they figured out how it's possible what you know uh how they could go that fast how they could travel that fast and how they could go through the water with no bubbles no nothing and the first answer was you would need the the entire energy that the sun gives so you would need to take the fucking sun <laughs> and somehow like shred it into fuel that's all we know here that's how much you would need for it to go that fast that quick and the rings around it would condense the bubbles and what happens is th this is so hard to explain but rather than you seeing the bubbles pop up this thing takes the bubbles as energy so you don't see any bubbles because the because it's going a thousand miles it's an like hour. a closed loop energy system so, so it's, it's just sucking in those bubbles bringing it down right because think if you're going say you're going ten thousand miles an hour in the ocean mm -hmm. against waves you're going to make waves, right? Mm -hmm. Energy. Now, if that thing can suck in the power from the waves and use it as energy, you won't see it because it's using it as energy, right? Hmm. That's pretty insane. That's mathematically how they thought they could do it. But to have the enough energy to do that, you would have to have the power of the fucking sun. I know back in the, uh, like around the Nikola Tesla kind of era a big thing that they would talk about would be the ether and being able to because like the laws of thermodynamics as far as we know them there's i think it's the zeroth law of thermodynamics basically says uh, energy within a system is limited to that energy and you can't it, it can't be created or destroyed it's just change you could turn it into matter you can take matter which is like a form of energy and burn it and turn it into another form of energy but within this system there's only x energy so ether or tapping into the ether would be kind of like tapping into another dimension and borrowing energy from there so that's how a craft would have to do it but if we're talking about fourth dimensional crafts that's essentially what they're doing anyway you know for them to be able to do that they're not drawing it from this system it's not from the sun because yeah it'd be limited to a, a, an unrealistic you know, source of energy. But if you're able to tap into something else, 
whatever's on the other side of that another dimension or i mean i i can only speculate that's that would be the outcome yeah right? that, that'd be yeah that'd be one way to explain it and the last thing on that 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 got me pretty good he goes um <clears throat> uh this was like one of them uh you know when your dog barks and you think it's just barking for no reason animals can still see things they never lost their instinct yeah. and i thought about it and i go shit they never did. They don't have a cell phone. Yeah, they're not on Twitter. So when your dog's barking and you shut up, it's because it sees shit. Yeah. Really? Seriously? They're more tuned in. I mean, you can't deny it. Yeah, it's interesting how we think that we're so evolved, but in some in some ways, yeah, we are. But then it's like, at what cost? What are the things that we had to leave behind, the things that we tuned out of just to you know, win at this trivial game that we is, we're telling ourselves matter. Oh, we messed up this time. We're living this one over again. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're going to be back here again. Yeah. I think what we're seeing right now in, in the media is just a sign of that. Yeah. When they start talking about, I mean, I, I might just be like a nihilist, but when they start talking about nuclear war and stuff, I'm just like, just push the button. Like we're not going to notice. They won't even, we won't even have enough time to panic. It'll just be lights out, start over. That's it. Yeah. It'll be lights out. That's it. Done. Boom. Forget about it. Done. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll see something, some headline come out, or someone arguing over some stupid stuff, or like, now my kid identifies as a chair, and it's like, yeah, it's about that time. Yeah. Let's get those nukes. We, we messed up. Start all over. Let's get the Etch-A-Sketch of Life, a good shake, and we'll just start this masterpiece from scratch. And I think with what Ike was saying, like, to get to the hierarchy, if he's right, let's just say he's right. When they say calling, even if you perfected being a doctor, you were the best doctor in the world. That wasn't your calling. Yeah. So that means you got to live this shit over again. And the reason why is because you didn't listen to your instinct. So the only way to get to the next hierarchy is to be sensitive yeah. to your instinct. So if you go a path that isn't your calling, you're going to live this shit over and over and over again until you can prove to the anarchist that you listen to self. You're within self. Does that make sense? Yeah. So no, no matter it, what you choose that you become good at, if it's not within your instinct, if you're not following your instinct as to what to do, you're going to do it again. Yeah, and that that makes sense. If we're we're supposed to, you know, like if, that would be like the A to get to grade two. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you got to get the A to get the grade two. You might get A's and everything else, but you got to get the A in math too. Yeah, you got to B plus. Start it over again. But with this, I think it's very binary. I think it's like you're either tapped in and enlightened or you're somewhere along the path. You're and, somewhere on the way to the next one. You're really close or you're going to be on the next one. Yeah. Hopefully we end up on the next one. And I, I think... I don't, I'm pretty but, sure I didn't go the right way. Well, it would just... It, the the way I look at it is it doesn't matter. You just restart anyway, you know? And, and you won't even you know. Right? And then, like, I think that this was also all created kind of as a distraction for this ultimate supreme consciousness that is the all-knowing, the all-seeing, and what created all of this. And I think this is all created as a distraction. So once you win the game, you're going to plug out of the VR set, look around, and then just go, oh, okay, cool. Let me start the game over again. Right. Just because we're seeking that challenge. Like I was saying before, this is all to challenge us and also think about it if you don't learn to listen to self and and be within self then how would you be ready to not be in the simulation and and be where there is no time there yeah. is you know so i i can see how that that makes sense 
to me, it makes sense. Yeah. Even if you're the best at whatever you are, if it's not your calling and what your instinct is, then you're not going to move up. Yeah. And that's, I mean, my, my impression that I got was there was a, we all of a sudden, we were a consciousness that existed all of a sudden, it, you know, we're sitting there making stuff and then all of a sudden we became self-aware. And then we realized with, after that self-awareness, we also realized that we we're alone. And that's, I think, the start of why we created all of this so that we could kind of distract ourselves from the fact that we're all alone. But then maybe this whole simulation that we're running is really gearing us or it's programming us or training us to be okay with being alone. Because think about it, like all those iterations, mm -hmm. it's it's cre making you focus on the internal, not chasing for the Lamborghinis, not the hot chicks, but it's teaching you to follow your own intuition, follow, you know, everything is about you, you, you. And there are things that make sense. There's relationships that you get to enjoy and experience, but you experience those relationships at the most when you are right with yourself if you're focused on other things and you're distracted you're not really there on that date or if you're dependent on that person or you feel they're dependent upon you that's not really a balance but when you have two people who are both like tuned in the right way they're they're whatever they got in their lives is is all aligned their ducks are in a row then they can fully enjoy being present and having that moment and that's what we're all trying to seek and it's once you find that though then you're no longer seeking it like all the single guys i know their lives are wrecked. Like the ones who are trying to find relationships, they're they're wrecks. But the guys who are happy, whether they're single or in a relationship, like you can tell that they're happy from their purpose that they have within, right? Yeah, <clears throat> whether alone or with somebody. And they're you, when you're tuned into that frequency, you look at the other guys and just like, man, I remember I was like that in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Like I'm focusing on the wrong things. Like oh, I want to get the BMW so I can attract the chick. It's like. The chick you're attracting, attracting with that BMW isn't the one that's going to make you happy, but you don't see that because... You just described me to a T, <laughs> to, to a T with the Tommy. We're all somewhere on the cycle, man. But now it's just like, fuck it, who cares? Yeah, it's, it's like, whatever. It's the game. That's the thing is like, in, in this life, you're, you're playing this character. I think the only way that you really lose is if you're not trying. Like, you might be trying to be you know, a politician, you might be trying to be a doctor, you might be trying to be a drug lord, but I think the ones who are failing are the ones who are like withdrawing from the challenge. They're withdrawing from the game because you're in here, you're playing it. You might as well, you know, act like it. And like you said, you might succeed at being the politician and you thought that's what's going to make you happy and it doesn't. So then you're back in the game and you're going to be chasing some other ambition in the next life. You got to get it right. The last thing, just to get your opinion on, because this is one I just can't wrap my head around, <clears throat> but two different, I heard this from two different very well-educated people, that the reason why they're going into the ocean massively deep is that they think that they're going massively deep, 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 over deep, 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 and underground there's like a cave, and they meet up with other people that are in the in the upper hierarchy in this world. In, a, in other words, there's beings here on Earth that are from another planet that look like us, and these uh, crafts go into the ocean massively deep beyond where we could ever shake a pole at seeing, slide over to whatever ground, and go into like a cave and have a conversation with 
those that are from where they're from. Yeah, I've heard here. I've heard of uh, hollow earth theories and and things like that. And there's like different levels of cave systems. um, And there's different types of creatures who live there who no longer live on the surface of the earth. And uh, I'm open to just about anything because, like I said, like I look at this as just entertainment that we're creating. So I don't like reality is such a slippery thing to me. And like Elon Musk said, uh, one of my favorite quotes from him is the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. And I think he's someone who is very aware of the fact that he's playing a game. Like when he's when he sold, I forget what company he had before uh, PayPal, he took all of that embedded on the next project. Then when he sold PayPal for hundreds of millions, took all that embedded on Tesla. The only way you can play at that level risk in a game is if you're very aware that this is a game well he's he's said many times is that he thinks it's a simulation yeah he's the he's the biggest like i think anybody who hears simulation theory attributes it to him and he's a great example he happens to be killing the game and he's also telling us this is just the game in subtle ways and it does matter to him he still has family here that he does you know care for he has you know his employees and his day-to-day stuff that he's not neglecting but he realizes like this is all part of the game and he's just playing it at a mastery level and he's a product and there, he's not alone but um and you know in some way that's us like that's that's one of our iterations but is he going to restart it depends on what kind of self-work he's doing right. i think he'll probably restart i think there'll be another game after him because He's winning at the scoreboard, but the scoreboard's not really what's going to get you, you know. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the inner earth stuff, to, to go back to that before I went on that crazy tangent, yeah, I've heard that stuff. It's, in- it's interesting. I've heard that there's um, cave systems, and if you look up, like, a map of where people go missing and where the cave systems are in the U.S., there's, like, a, a heavy overlay of people going missing in these areas and cave systems. People talk about Sasquatches being always like a high uh, report rate is around cave systems. And they're, you know, some, you know, they, they escape the Grand Hancock stuff, the uh, Younger Dryas uh, explosions by going into caves. And there's utopias down there. I've heard of all sorts of crazy stuff. See, he had just said, both of them had just said the one that was in Antarctica, way deep down. They go over and there's people here high-ranking people that look just like you and me. Yeah, uh, uh, Admiral Byrd reported that, mm-hmm. like back oh. in the 19, I don't know, 19-something. Wow. Holy fuck. Yeah, he's a legit dude, and he went on interviews. There's uh, video interviews of him reporting it. There's the official report where he reported um, being greeted by these tall, like, re- and one of the characteristics was everyone was really good-looking, um, but they're like these super species, and he said that there's a whole... In Antarctica, okay. it takes you He's down. There's crafts. Yeah. Ain't, well, no one was the one who said that. Well, think about it. If you're an yeah. alien, where would you put all your good stuff? Like the hardest yeah. places to get to. The bottom of the earth, or the bottom of the sea, and Slide like over. crazy, crazy cold places. And there's like an Antarctic treaty that supposedly keeps any non-approved uh, travelers from going past like the 60th degree meridian or something like that. There is. There is. But it's the fly zone. It's the fly zone. They well, and ships. Zone. I've heard they've they've they'll turn <clears throat> oh, around yeah, your sure. ship, and they stop selling uh, gasoline, so you can't fuel your boat because they don't want it, want you to like go on a rogue kind of. Uh, what does that tell you? It, I didn't know that. There. Fuck. 
Yeah, and supposedly the Antarctic Treaty is like all of the all of the countries that would have the ability to go there, they have this like handshake agreement where it's like, yeah, we can go there, but we're not letting the regular people go there because that's where the good stuff is. And then the last thing he said, if uh, and so did like I, I told you, I think uh, uh, I'm gonna kill his name. I did last time, Joven Poltas. Let's just say, yeah, I gotta look that guy up. Yeah, oh, sure. he's the man. And <clears throat> you know, he said. He said he agrees with all of it. And like I said, I think he's he's the next Elon. I really do. You had him on? Yeah, I, I had to do I'm Zoom because he's so fucking busy. But I'm going to have to look that one up. Unbelievable. Yeah, from what you said, that guy's on another level. Unbelievable. And then I, with him, I had, you know, he just, about the IRS agents. Why do you think they got 80,000 IRS agents? Just to come down on anybody who has a $600 Venmo account, I'm imagining. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. I said, What? I, I didn't even know that. So if you go to the bank and deposit $601, that's reported now. Yeah. It was, remember we used to go deposit 999? Yeah, yeah, 999. Yeah. <laughs> then it was like 69999 because yeah. it was seven. Now it's anything over 600, you have to, gets reported. That's why they got the fucking 80,000 IRS agents. Yeah. I Is that ridiculous it. or what? That's where they get their money. They don't get their money from the top earners because those guys have all of the uh, tax loopholes and write offs and all that other stuff. You mean they borrow all the money from the top guys so that they can win? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, and they're the guys paying them anyways through lobbyists. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because they saw people using Venmo. That's why I think cryptocurrency needs to exist because it's the only way we'll be able to get off this financial um, institution that's just built to break people and keep us in slavery. Well, you saw the hack on the Bitcoin exchange. Yeah. Or the, you know, everybody said Bitcoin, it was the exchange. But I, I, I still don't see how anyone can think that there's not a puppet master. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is with cryptocurrency is the only, the only hope we have right now. But even that, it's like, what if, you know, there's all, there's all those, uh, abilities. If, if you don't have your crypto stored on, you know, a, a cold wallet where only you have access to it, like you're screwed. And the, in my opinion, Bitcoin is the safest bet, not financial advice to your own research, whatever kind of disclaimer I got to put, but from my research, I mean, I've been in crypto since 2016. Bitcoin is the safest bet. There will be other cryptocurrencies that will do very well. But if I could only put my, you know, if I could only bet on one horse, it'd be Bitcoin. It's, it, in my opinion, it's the only one that's truly decentralized. There's no CEO. There's no board members. There's no. You don't think there's a puppet master. <clears throat> you don't think there's anybody that can control that. There, the way it's built is you would I, have I, to. I know the way it's built. Yeah, you'd have to take over the network. So it's not like there you can't change the code because now it's in the hands of so many different nodes that you'd have to take over dominance of the network. And I saw a guy, um, he was giving a, a speech um, or he was at some kind of a summit and someone asked him like, well, what if someone were to do an attack? And he's like, well, what they'd have to do is they'd have to have X amount, like at the current price, they'd have to have X amount of billions of dollars just to attempt this attack. Then they would be able to- Look at this. Okay, can cryptocurrency like Bitcoin get hacked? Uh, you want to read this because you're a better reader than me. Okay, Bitcoin is considered hack-proof because the Bitcoin blockchain is consistently reviewed by the entire network. Thus, attacks on the blockchain itself are very unlikely. Thanks to its decentralization, distributed nature, 
blockchain technology is well suited to fend off hacker attacks. One of these doomsday scenarios would be known as the 50, yeah, this is what I'm about to get to, as the 51% attack. Bitcoin itself has not, okay, yeah, let's skip to it. Um, a 51% attack is quite possibly the most significant threat to blockchains. Such a scenario would look like this. If a single individual or organization were to succeed in taking control of the majority of the network's mining power, uh, or what's known as hash rate, the transaction history of Bitcoin network could, in theory, be changed and overwritten. A majority, hence the 51%, is always required to decide which transactions to approve and which to decline. This means that the majority is a little glare, that the majority of the 51% could potentially alter a blockchain's distribu distributed ledger in a way that doubled spending uh, execution of the same transaction multiple times would be enabled. So what does that mean in English? So basically let's let's make it much smaller scale. Let's say that um, let's say that there's a hundred nodes out there that are basically verifying the blockchain it, and then what's a node if somebody doesn't know? it's it's basically a computer that is verifying the blockchain transactions and, and it it's just updating the blockchain and basically if enough of them verify it that it's legit it gets added to the blockchain if it's not verified by enough of them then they can recognize immediately that it's a fraudulent attempt to make a false transaction and it doesn't get added to the blockchain so what's what's good about that is as it says it distributes the power so it can't be any one focal point it's truly decentralized so but it still takes a majority voting to say that yeah this is a legit transaction and we're going to allow it so with the 51 uh what this proposes is let's say we've got a hundred nodes that are simultaneously voting and you don't necessarily need um, every node to be engaged but let's say just to make it easy we want to verify transaction casey is sending money to tommy you need a majority of those nodes say yeah that that's a legit transaction this account did have that much bitcoin verified by all these other transactions that had in the blockchain and tommy's account is a verified uh, verified account or wallet on the uh, blockchain they would once they get to 51 percent they deem it as something that's credible and gets put into the blockchain so now my bitcoin gets transferred from you or from me to you now 51 percent attack would look something like this so as i mentioned let's say there's a hundred nodes in existence or, or a lot of people hear of miners it's that's basically what miners are doing. They're they're doing these calculations and they're helping share the load of keeping up with this ongoing ledger of the blockchain. The miners are paid in Bitcoin for every time uh, the blocks are created. There's a reward mechanism that's basically because of your computing power, you get a certain percentage. The more computing power that you're um, committing to the transactions, the more you're going to get. That's why people are buying all these miners. Because if I have one miner doing you know however many terabytes of data over a given period of time and you've got an entire mining farm you're going to get a bigger share of that reward so that's what miners are but they're just these computers keeping up with the ledger verifying these transactions now if we only had a hundred and like i said there's thousands and thousands and thousands but let's say we only have a hundred that are in existence what a 51 percent 
uh, attack could look like is if you were to go and buy 101 miners and then put them on the network and immediately try to do a transaction, now you control 51% because we had 100 and now we just added another 101. So that takes it up to 201 miners on the uh, on the blockchain, on the network. You own you control the majority because you have 101 under control. Hold so, on, on that. I got pee. I drank too much monster. Yeah, go for it. I mean, so what do you think? You think he, he's good or bad? I think that uh, I think it depends on what level. From what from everything that I've seen, all the evidence that I have, he's a good guy. But I don't know everything. I'm open to that. And uh, also, you know, going back to his quote, the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. It'd be way more. You could, if it, if this was a TV series or something, him turning out to be the bad guy, we can squeeze out a few more seasons. That would be way more entertaining than the good guy staying on top. You know? And you just put the pieces together. One guy with the rocket, one guy with the satellite, one guy with the social media. Oh, he'll control information, one travel. Guy, most of all, with the chip. Yeah. So I don't see how that cannot turn out to be good. I could I could see the movie. It's like you have the faction of people who doubted it, and we thought they were crazy because they didn't get the chip. It's, it's kind of like the anti-vaxxers. It's like, yo, just get it. It's It makes you so much better at everything. So they go underground. They're ostracized for not getting the chip. They become the rebellion against everybody else who becomes, you know, zombies with the chip. Then he's got he's also got the uh, the bots. He, he's been making the, um, what are they called? Not cyborgs. But whatever the, the, the humanoid robots, he's making making those. He's cutting edge AI. He's making tunnels. He's you know gonna have that's right the fucking tunnels too. Uh, autonomous I forgot about vehicles. The I mean, come on. KG. Yeah, he would I mean, be a he'd be a hell of a bad guy. I mean, it, controls information, propaganda, your brain. I mean, even if he's a bad guy, I like him. Yeah. So this is a bad guy I like. It's a well played, it's well a, played. Yeah. Yeah, and I gotta respect him. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't can't hate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, I, I would sign up. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the fucking signs are there. But one thing you said, you said about, well, maybe he doesn't want to say that there's UFOs and this and that because the government won't give him grants, blah, blah, blah. But he's all about being uncensored, right? That's why he got Twitter. Well, that was the one thing you, you heard he got in trouble for smoking weed on, yeah, on Rogan. Uh, and because NASA's like, well, we're supposed to give you these clearances and whatever else. And it's just like, okay. But, um, yeah, with with when it comes down to Twitter being uncensored, the Kanye thing I think is really interesting because. But back to real real quick, yeah. back back to Elon. Okay, so if he went on Rogan and he was afraid to talk about UFOs because he didn't want to get funding taken, mm -hmm. you don't think when he went to buy fucking Twitter that <laughs> is controlled and he's uh, releasing all of the hidden stuff. You don't think that's going to get him not grants? They already cut a lot of his grants for Tesla that they were giving him to make electric cars. But maybe that's the move that put him in power where now he's like too big to fail. Where like now that he controls information, they have to, if they want something censored, if they want something broadcast, they have to go through him now. So if he does have nefarious intent, that's a great piece to have in that position because now the government's like he has his own f form of getting his voice out. He can't just be, you know, canceled and written off. Like he's he's too big to fail. So now it would get down to like you saying, like if I get off, it wasn't because it was me. It was you know I got Epsteined.
but back to the UFO thing. If he he sold all his houses, remember that? He sold like yeah. every house he had. So that tells me that he doesn't care if the the government gives him a grant. Well, think about it like this. It, what if and he is the the personality type that doesn't care, in my opinion. Let, let's let's go through this scenario. I tell you, you're Elon, and I say, okay, you can't, you know, divulge this information. And if you don't do that, then we'll let you play in space and whatever else. But you can't talk about any of the stuff that you see. And we'll give you access to this other stuff, but we can't have you going on podcasts and sharing this information. But what if you really want that information to get out somehow? Wouldn't you want to create an uncensored or control, take control yeah. of an uncensored platform that allows other people to get it out where it, gene it genuinely gets promoted and goes viral? Like you were saying before, there's no such thing as vir virility. Everything's manipulated and controlled. But what if you created the platform where with AI and algorithms, you're actually able to get that stuff out there and you're able to, number one, use AI to weed it out. So if it's bullshit, it goes down really quick. But if it is something that's legit, that's happening, it gets out there faster. That might, And then he'd be like, hey, I'm not saying it. That's just a platform that I created. Does he need NASA to set off a rocket or satellite? I didn't think he did. I don't know how that works, but that's what I, I heard he got in trouble with the, the pot smoking thing. So at some level, I guess he has to get their permission. Yeah, no, he got in trouble with the board of Tesla. Oh, they, they got pissed no, no, off. It, or oh, NASA or the board. One of the boards. You know, I heard that secondary through Rogan. That's what it was. Rogan was saying on his episode, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Musk got in trouble. And he mentioned the NASA thing and going to space and, like, clearance. I think that's what it was, is like the government clearance that he has. They're like, you can't be in a situation where you're getting a little loose mentally and you might let something slip. You know? Uh -huh. Like FBI agents, I heard 24-7, they're not allowed to get intoxicated. My mom's friend, when at least this was decades ago, she had a friend who was married to an FBI agent, and she's like, "Oh yeah, he always, um, he he never drank. He was always our designated driver and stuff like that." But she's like, "The one time he did get lit at a wedding, the stuff he was saying, and he wouldn't like say like this is this. He'd just be like, oh, you guys think Oswald did it, huh? Oh, you guys still think I, this? Oswald didn't do it. No, 100%. no, it was uh, what? Uh, what was he work? Was he like?" Part of a government yeah, entity, it, it, or was he recruited? Yeah, it was what? within uh, the Italian mob and the CIA. They wanted him dead. The CIA wanted him dead, and so did the Italian mob, obviously. Yeah, I heard the the mob. That was one of the theories because he. Um, Not theory. No, uh, JFK had no shot at getting in. He went to the mob. That's what I've heard. Said, hey, it was, and then once in. he got in, he didn't honor his promises. It wasn't him. It was Bobby. His brother Bobby came in, and he assigned Bobby as Attorney General. And the first thing he did was start the organized crime task that. force so right then and there and then the cia wanted them gone uh for other reasons <clears throat> so oh, i'm sure there are multiple i've heard there were a lot of things that he did during his presidency that upset the apple cart because he was legit like jfk was like a good guy he was yeah uh because really bobby got him killed this is my opinion mm -hmm. that as far as the CIA goes, Bobby wanted to control them more where they couldn't work internationally and get things done the way that they do. Mm -hmm. And if that were to be shut down, especially at that time, I mean, terrorism, we're seeing terrorism now, but we would have seen it a lot earlier. So it was CIA, Italian mafia, five guys, but the kill shot was fleet. Hmm. Oswald was not the kill shot.
That's interesting. And that magic bullet is real. It was just a fucking bullet that didn't go anywhere. It didn't go through two people and not be marked. Oh, yeah, the, the pristine bullet that was found on the gurney. It's real. Yeah. There's oh, not no. even a marking on it. The pristine bullet was the, the actual bullet? No, no, the magic bullet that they said went through Connolly and through JFK and then Connolly mm-hmm. that has like just the, a tiny bit of a marking, it's called the magic bullet. There, there's like no marking on it. Oh, uh, I thought they called it the magic bullet because it supposedly, like the one that they said made the wounds, they called it the magic bullet because it would have had to make these crazy turns so they like tongue in cheek like as a joke like yeah it's the magic bullet there's something else to it and then they had the pristine bullet which was the one that ended up on the gurney i thought they were like two different or maybe they yeah they probably referred to it i guess as both because it was on the gurney with no marks but i always figured that number one probably all that shit was bullshit and they just lied to us they had the bullet or and whatever and they're just like oh we didn't oh this is it no marks uh, don't worry just keep keep rolling um or it would have been something like ice or you know some like but you're just saying it was just a regular bullet or was it more advanced just regular bullet yeah I have, I, have, I have a picture of it i have a picture of it now he kept it i don't know who has the bullet oh, but, oh uh, these are pictures of it yeah okay yeah, i see yeah, what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. i thought you're saying I'll, someone's got like oh yeah they even let me keep the bullet like holy shit like i don't know yeah. the bullshit meter is kind of going off i gotta hear this though that's yeah. that's nuts i I never believed it was Oswald. I mean, maybe when I was a little kid, but as soon as I was able to put stuff together, it's just like, this is too convenient. Nothing is what it seems, man. That's Yeah, it's nuts, man. Yeah, it's just like the wars, the the going back to the Ukraine thing, when you start seeing how much money is getting funneled and our history of all the wars that we've created are just to funnel money into the industrial war complex or to go into this country and get funneled back. I've heard that it's gone through FTX, which collapsed, <laughs> and it's just a really elaborate money laundering scheme. You should see that map. Ooh. Had uh, one of the, whatever his title is, it's a guy that knows everything and has the whole map of what that, uh, what the hell is his name? Freed, right? Uh, oh, Sam Bankman Freed? Yeah, Sam Bankman Freed. Bank like, Freeman? Bankman Freed, yeah. Yeah, like how it all started and all the heads involved in it. Like, what a. What a mess. That was orchestrated, right? Oh, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, completely orchestrated. Like, 17 this, and then 18 this, and then Soros, of course, he's in everything. And then this, and that, and this, and that. He'll never see the inside of a jail cell. Never. Never in a million years. Now, what do you think would happen if, you know, they, I, I guess they're still talking about it, but if Apple took Twitter off of the App Store, that would just be... Uh, I mean, devastation to everything. It would be entertaining because not I because think- it's Twitter, just because if they would take that off after they talk all that shit about privacy and you know whatever, blah 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 blah. Because when it says, "Do you want this app to track you?" it doesn't say, "Do you want this app and Apple not to track you?" It just says, "Do you want this app not to track you?" Yeah, we're getting this uh, <laughs> this illusion of, of of that they're like so secure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's all bullshit. It's not like they were telling us everything before, so now they're just lying to us. But the same stuff is going on. Like, if if you were if you were in the government, would you just allow these companies to get to a point where they could? potentially have information or abilities that could compromise the government no the government even with the best intentions would want to have people in there inside facebook inside apple 
inside wherever just to make sure that like China's not there or to make sure that that information isn't going to our our enemies. So it starts off with legitimate reasons for them to be either infiltrated. I think it's both. I think there's there's double agents, let's call them, working within those organizations. And then I also think that there's, you know, secret agreements. But I think those double agents are in these positions that would get the job done even without these agreements. And they also let the organizations know that those agreements are really being upheld. But I mean, with Apple removing Twitter, I think that would be a massive mistake for them because they don't have Steve Jobs anymore. And Steve Jobs was the salesman. And now Tim Cook, great guy, but Tim Cook is more of a businessman. Tim Cook is getting the profit out of Apple. He's making it so that they're making more money, but they're not innovating as much. Since you mean Steve Jobs, Jobs was an innovator yeah. and and uh, Cook is a businessman salesman. Yeah. He's like, how do we get the most money out of here where Jobs is just like- Innovator. Yeah. Like, he was like an Elon Musk where it's just like, here's an, a, something that people think is impossible, but I'm telling you, this is the task. Let's just figure out how to get there. And all they have now is a salesman and a businessman. <laughs> they so, don't have an innovator. And when they lost uh, Ive, Jimmy Ive, mm -hmm. that was a fucking blow. So, and, and the other guy. And, and I've already seen- um, I don't know how serious it, it was. I don't know if Elon's really put much behind it, but I don't think it would be difficult for them to start making cell phones. So, and who wouldn't buy a Tesla cell phone, especially if it's now the uncensored? Now he's got everything. Cause, and now that's a hot topic. Because whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you want your information to be uncensored. So it's not even like a polarizing thing, although the, the liberals seem to really be hating Elon right now, of which course. is really weird. Um, but whatever liberal used to mean freedom you know now it's like it's weird how they flipped and they're the conservatives now they're the ones who want to control everything why 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 would he give it to substack why would he give that information to substack uh i think to because i think matt taibbi has a lot of respect like i i know a lot of people who are big fans of his writing and i think that was a good way to get the information out so again he's not the one divulging it necessarily or putting a narrative on it he's just like here's data you you do what with it what you can because maybe that's kind of like the unspoken agreement or like i said before if you're elon musk and i tell you you can't talk about this shit you just allow a platform for it to come out and through all the like i think here's one thing that i'm, I'm going to put out there that would be really interesting uh, one of my buddies, and I don't fully understand it, but one of my buddies is an attorney and he does like high-end corporate law. Like his like starting salary was like quarter million dollars his first year. Like he's not like a fuck around traffic accident attorney. <laughs> he, and he studies this stuff. And uh, he said that in theory, Elon Musk might be able to get every single dime he paid for Twitter back because of all of the fraud and everything because twitter was basically sold under false pretenses so he might actually and i keep going back to the most entertaining outcome it's the most probable imagine if he got twitter for nothing and everyone's like oh look he's in like 43 million billion dollars of debt imagine if he gets all of that back and gets to control twitter because he's able to go through all of the the dirt i was shocked that he bought it for full price with the bots yeah and that's 
with him being so smart, I don't think it was an accident. I think he had consulting and they're like, listen, if you make the offer, then you back out, they're going to force you to buy it. And then they're going to rush and then they're no longer going to hide this stuff because they're going to think that they don't have to. And then once we're under the hood, then we'll be able to find this stuff out. But it's only if we move fast and get rid of these people. Jack Dorsey and Elon, uh, I've known for a while, they're friends. They, they I think they uh, collaborated on Bitcoin mining projects and stuff like that. So I think Jack, one of the scenarios that I believe may have happened is I think Jack built something that kind of got out of his control. Oh, yeah. But he didn't realize it until it was too far back. And he's like, shit, if I could go back to here when I still had control over the company, but now I've been so diluted, I'm just a fucking guy. It's like now my baby's been created like turned into this monster i think he confided in elon he's like here's the sources if i had your money and your ability this is what i would do i and agree elon saw the value 100 percent. i don't think dorsey wanted it to be the way it ended up at all and i used to think he was the bad guy <clears> but <throat> now too. i realized he built something nope. he wanted it to be pure the and he thought the over. money would help him and they took over the board took over and i think and i thought what elon was going to do or and i I think he still might do is, you know, buy it and say, Jack, you run it. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I think once what I think might in my, my head, the scenario that would be amazing and very entertaining is Elon Musk exposes the, all of the corruption, the censorship and all that politicians and all the people who had direct com, uh, communications that all gets exposed. He rips the lid off of all that shit gets his money back through the court system for his buyback and then brings uh, Zach, uh, Jack on to run it. And then it will be, it'll be on, be beyond a social media platform. It'll be something that we don't even have a term for. Because if you look at, um, was it WeChat? That's mm -hmm. really big in China. They do, it's like a combination of like Venmo and social media. Transfer, and sell stuff we there. transfer. Like whenever I do, uh, I hate Zoom, but if somebody's in another country, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, so I have to do it. And it's odd because they all say, hey, can you send the file? Uh, we transfer. I'd never heard of that before. And then we chat, we this, we that, blah, blah, blah. And that's a scary thing in and of itself, all the data that it has access to. And you're okay. just like, it wants access to your photos. Okay. Yeah. It wants access to your, your Google Drive. Okay. Yeah. Just like, oh, uh, a hundred gigabyte file. Sure. You can transfer it. Yeah. yeah. It goes right, right through China. Great. And you get enough Perfect. of those okays and you're getting more than just like dick pics. You're getting like some secret files or some shit that you don't want out, but you're just like, okay, okay. Or maybe Elon's not within the within. He's just him and just wants to fucking take over everything on the, da on the down low. I, that's what I think. I, I feel like there's this, uh, there's a level where if you want to get above that certain threshold, you have to be brought into the game. You have to be corrupt or you have to be compromised. Otherwise, we can just shut your company down or shut you down or cancel you or do whatever else. So if you're not playing in our game, we won't let you above this. So I think what Elon's done is instead of going this route with this gatekeeper, he's just fucking gone over here and you just focus on these businesses that again he's just putting pawns on the board and you're like i'm not threatened by a fucking pawn i'm worried about that queen i'm worried about that rook and it's just like fucking pawns he doesn't know what he's doing and now he's now you sit back and you look and it's like he's got a product inside my brain he's got a product that people look at constantly throughout the day they're going to use his product to get to and from work hell they're going to drive on his in his tunnels they're going to get this information from his satellite like he's controlling everything we didn't let him in the gate, but he fucking bulldozed right through, you know? That would be, that's our only hope. But then if he's the bad guy, game's over. But that is true, though. So 
you act, you play with the bad guys to get in because you have to. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately, you're faking them out with the fifty-two fake out, and you're really the ultimate bad guy that takes over everything. Yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, the most entertaining outcome would be him being the bad guy, and then we've got some rebel forces who have to fight against the. <laughs> I don't even immense odds. It's just like Star Wars. You're looking at the Death Star, and they're showing up in this one little ship. It's like, all right, we got this right. We got this right. You know. And he did say, he said, I don't want to be CEO of any company. Yeah, it makes him uh, too much of a target. Because yeah. then whatever he tweets, the stock performs. Even now, him, him uh, Tesla stock dropped because he said, you know, he alluded to the fact that he might be killed. So then people are like, oh, shit. Well, if he stops innovating Tesla, like, my stock's not worth a dick. And then if he did, if, they, if Apple did do that, then Google would follow. I mean, they can't wait to hit that button. Yeah. I bet they can't wait to hit the X on, on that shit, right? Yeah, unless, and that's the thing is like Google, we always think of as like, they did such great branding because I don't look at them as, uh, you know, evil or anything. It's just this faceless little thing of convenience that's just putting products throughout our lives and just making things easier and free. But Google is its own like little it could be extremely bad and they they have already been shown to be suppressing information which i think was that uh <clears throat> dr epstein? Uh, robert epstein yeah epstein was proven that <laughs> what google does oh my gosh I... <laughs> but you don't think of it you're like oh it's just the algorithm it's just and it's like no it's you know it's... you know how bad tiktok is right yeah google's worse really than tiktok worse who's in control of this stuff bill gates and pfizer Period. And then you have like the, I don't want to say, you you have the littler guys under that that are within it, but Bill Gates and Pfizer, Big Pharma, whatever you want to call it, you know, but mainly Pfizer, Bill Gates, Big Pharma. Because think about it. Everything you watch on TV is paid for by commercials, right? Yeah. Everything you watch on TV has pharmaceutical commercials that are, you know, two minutes long. Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, this is going to kill you, heart attack, blah, 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 blah. You know, fucking half the commercials about how you're going to die. Mm-hmm. That pays for the thing. So they're going to control the narrative. If yeah. it's negative, you know what I mean? And just that one aspect, if you just think about that, pertains to everything. Yeah. It's a big fucking problem. And that's what people don't, I think a lot of people are still, I think more people are becoming aware of it, but a lot of people still aren't aware. Like, I don't watch TV because... TV is just a device to put commercials in front of you. Mm-hmm. The show that you're watching is just someone going, okay, we got to sell these commercials. How do we pay, get people to pay attention? What do we put in between the commercials to get them to pay attention? That's all it is. Yeah, that's the gimmick. From, from our perspective, where our show's interrupted by commercials, from their perspective, the commercials are interrupted by this stupid show that we've got to get these people to have enough interest in just to keep it going. But yeah, it's all attention, man. It's, that's the commodity that they're trading in. Because they know you're going to see enough ads, X amount of ads, brand impression, X amount of ads, purchase, you know. But even if you stop that, then it just goes a different route. It goes social media. Okay, you put away the TV, you go to social media. You get off the social media, you go to the metaverse. You get off the metaverse, you go to a video game. You go to a video game, you go to a podcast. Where do you go? It's constant distraction. <laughs> it's constant. To, to a lake with a book. Right. Written and- by Pfizer. And Bill Gates, especially Bill Gates, who has a really bad mental problem and is a sick fuck. Really sick fuck. I've I've heard some I've heard all sorts of crazy theories about Gates, but I know even from what the public can see, that doesn't even get into the conspiracy theory kind of stuff because people dismiss that so quickly. 
even what you see is like look at how he testified in, in front of Congress in the nineties. Look at his what I what I heard is they did a um, like a rebranding on him. That's why he's always seen now in a sweater because it breaks the branding that you had when you saw him testifying in Congress in a suit. Now you see him as this, oh, Mr. Rogers wore sweaters. Mr. Rogers, yeah. Now he's just a, a grandfather who just wants us to take our medicine. His glasses on and, you know. He's going to buy up farmland just to give us free food, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just farmland and, you know, invest in all kinds of stuff. And Why do you think the biggest reason is why we don't just make our fuel here? We have so much of it here. Our supplies... Is this... it's too easy to control and make profit off of somebody who Nikola Tesla supposedly showed Edison a way to generate free energy. And he's like, and I think it might've been going back I to the ether yeah. and Edison said, you can't put a meter on that. Like there, if there's no profit for these powers that be to, to pull from you, like they don't want to offer it. They don't want you to have a solar panel and have a car that you don't have to charge before they want that charge they want that tax they want you dependent upon them paying them and keep you in slavery because if you didn't need them you'd you'd be free and even every little thing is a step towards freedom if you no longer have to pay for fuel it allows you to save more money gives you more power buy more land whatever else even when you buy land like people think you own land you don't fucking own land. stop paying your taxes <laughs> you see all that see, yeah. see how much you own that who you pay to the government who owns the land this is i always you're say you're just renting it this is just the most comfortable form of slavery we have ever had. You ain't want, you that you said it best. That's that's it. We don't even realize. So when we were talking about Apple, you know, they came out, we're encrypted, we're the best, we're this. How would you describe Apple? I think Apple now is um with Tim Cook, I think he, like I said before, he's a very good businessman. He's getting profits way up. He's not focusing on, because innovating and R&D, that's very expensive. So, I, mean, I mean, like, what's your opinion of them? Are they bad or they what, good? Yeah, with the within. I think that um, I think that they're capable and willing to do bad stuff from our perspective for means that they can justify on the bottom line. Just like I was saying in the beginning, like all of it comes down from the corporate corporation's perspective, that bottom line, and it can never be big enough. And next quarter, it better be bigger. And the quarter after that has to be bigger. And you know, the annual better be bigger than last annual. And it's an ongoing thing. That whole mechanism is made to focus on that bottom line. So anything like I've got an Apple phone. It's the first one I actually had my fiance. Well, I know. I said to you, I said, whoa, buddy. Yeah. What are you doing? My it's fiance blue. finally. I could send you a picture. Holy shit. I do. I will admit I love the, the airdrop. That is the one thing that I, I do intend to go back to droids. Um, that is the one thing I, I will have trouble not having is the airdropping. But uh, yeah, I think Apple's anytime you have that much conglomerate of power, if it's not corrupt now it's only a matter of time until it is it's just you know it's it's uh it's a too vulnerable to have all that at one place do you think that they made their own they started to make their own chips here because they knew they were going to have problems getting it to make more profit to make it look good i think i think it was all of that i think um the unfortunately i think making it look good yeah. As much as you think that would be a high priority, I don't think it is because at the end of the day, as much as we're going to chastise them for like, oh, you're making kids make the phones and child, child labor and all these unfair conditions over there, we still own the phones. We're still rocking Nikes. Like 
they'll they'll hit a quarterly dip, but they go right back up because at the end of the day, people want a swoosh on their shoes and they want you know a, a, a an Apple icon with a bite bitten out of it. But it's you know the people on the other side of the planet who are going to you know really pay the bill and make it that cheap. That's the other thing is we don't want to endure the we don't want to take on the cost that it would take to make it here. That's why I think Musk, if you look at the way he does things. He makes it so he doesn't have to lay people off from his factories. He builds factories that have the automation already in them. He doesn't replace people's jobs with the robots. He just waits until he can build out the factory with the robots. So I think he would do that with phones. And I think that would allow him, he'd be the number one. Like right now, we look at it as like, people look at Tesla as like a car company. He describes it as a technology company. He's learning so much. The R&D is so deep with batteries and solar and AI and also automated production. He's got that nailed down more than anybody else because he's producing so many different types of products in an automated fashion that all he has to do is switch it over to something else and just puts it in a CAD system and like, okay, now I want to make the most advanced phone and I want to make it modular so that unlike the iPhone that has to be changed every year because it's out of date and they've released three models and I feel embarrassed to show people I only have three cameras, I need to have 10 he'll just make it modular or something like that so it could be updated more easily. you think he does make a phone? I think he... What percent do you think he comes out with a phone? 100%. It's <clears> the <throat> most entertaining outcome. How long? How long until he does? If you had to take a wild guess. I would say the announcement would be within the next two years and the product would out be in, in our hands within 18 months of that. So let's say short of four years, three and a half years. That would be some shit. Yeah. Market. What were we, uh, November, was it December? Yeah. December of 2020. Or 2022. Jeez. So you think by 24, 26, it will be out? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. You know, you were the one that made my dumbass realize that on the back of the iPhone it says assembled. You know, it says made in U.S., but it's assembled in China. I made in China, assembled made in, in China. U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the one who pointed that out to me whenever you did that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. It's, As if China isn't putting in a chip that sends everything back to them. Oh, yeah. But you, of all people, why in the world would you use Android? I Are just, you crazy? I, I just like the uh, everything in the app store with iPhone. Like th This is one of the what reasons. What do you know about Android? Not a whole lot other than the user experience. Okay, every 15 seconds, whether your phone's on or off, it records you. Every 15 seconds. You don't think that is? Not every 15 seconds, no. Was it every 20? No. It's it's when you talk to Siri, it's downloaded. If you have Siri on, it's downloaded, and it goes to their database, China's database, whatever. But every 15 seconds, Android is picking up your conversation. Keywords. Shows you shit. Android's the worst you could possibly get. Is that what uh? I is that what Epstein said. Yeah. Okay. If if Epstein, what does that? Wait. What does Epstein recommend? He has some other like off brand. He's got like the black phone. Thing, yeah, yeah. Which he built. You know, he he's got like a like it's like the black phone thing where you can <clears throat> knock off the Wi Fi, knock off the signal. There's no way you can trace him. Yeah, I remember. I remember him mentioning that. Um, the way I look at it. Oh, he went on for thirty minutes about Android. Yeah. They know about your life. They know when you're fucking. They know when you do anything wrong. And it all goes to the feds, the government, everywhere. Android is the worst. 
See, it that- knows everything about you and your family and everything else. And whether you think, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, like everybody says, you're feeding times a million more than that Apple phone against like freedom. All right. You might have talked me to stay on, on iPhone. I also kind of just like being the rebel. I like being the green bubble that fucked up the chat. I'm pissed not, everybody I, off. I get that. I, I get that part. But when you realize what Android's doing, which is Google. Yeah. So now everything you do on that Google phone of yours, the government is deciding what you do on that phone. We can't escape it, man. Hey. All right, you, you're, you've talked me to, I'll stay on iPhone. I will stay on iPhone. I mean, this is the I've top. also, I got the watch. I didn't want to get deep into it, but my fiance, she's like, well, you got the Mac already. You might as well get the phone. I'm like, all right, I get the phone. She's like, well, you got the phone. I'll get you the watch. She's like, I don't want the watch. Got me the watch. So now I get text messages everywhere. I'm like, I don't want to be, <laughs> it's like an octopus and it's just more tentacles. Now I got the AirPods and it's just like. Well, here's some negative I'll say about them. You know, I build apps and all that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have the developer certificate or whatever. The new OS for Mac is Ventura. I don't know if it's out to the public yet. I, I don't even know. Oh, I don't know anything about that. What, whatever you're using on your Mac. I, I don't know if you're on Oh, I stopped doing phone. updates forever ago, yeah. Okay, well, the one that's either out, but just the new updates aren't out, they're at 13 point, for developers, they're at 13.9 beta 8. Usually it would be like 13.5, beta 5, okay, ready to go. There's so many problems with the new operating system for the Mac. It's unbelievable. Like yesterday I had to do an update, uh, and I have to update it so when I go to build an app, it's built for what's to come. Mm. My messages won't open. Can't open them. Hit message, blank, all black. Glitch. And that's just them trying to change too much at one time, or what? Yeah, well, rushing who, development or well, ru- rushing release. Yeah, rushing release, or the, you know, whoever's coding it is there, there's too many glitches because it's it, like literally every four days there's a new beta, and yeah. that means massive glitch. And then last week there was four security updates, and then the phone. I'm on sixteen point seven beta four security patch four. I've never seen that. I've been building apps for seven years. I've never seen that. And there's so many flaws in in this new update and whatever. So they need to hire somebody. It's bad, man. Yeah, you'd think with everything that they have at stake, they would... Uh... But you have no innovator, like you said. Yeah. And an innovator is a guy who builds shit. Yeah. You know, and makes stuff. And, I mean, the phones look the same forever. I mean, we keep buying them, but... It looks the same. So if Elon comes out with that Matrix phone, that's they the threat. know is, that they have. He's an innovator. And that's the thing is like there's people who work at Apple who are probably telling Tim like, hey, man, like, you know, it'd be cool. We could do this. We could add that. And he's just like, yeah, but then we have to put cost into this. Let's just make a new update. Let's, yeah. Software's cheap. We'll just do another one of those. Right. He goes, uh, well, let's not let's not go out with the hologram phone yet. Yeah. Let, let's milk this to death. And. Instead of uh, you know Apple for family nine ninety nine now it's twenty nine ninety nine let's yeah. just do that okay you're the boss and that's what they did yeah so if you want a family shared plan remember it was nine ninety nine yeah it's twenty nine ninety nine yeah <laughs> just jacking it up yeah and Elon has the ability like he's you know it'd be interesting another prediction I'd make he'll probably have his own cell service with that too he'll he's either gonna buy T Mobile. Or he's going to create his own because, I mean, he could make satellite phones, man. He's That's what he's doing with T-Mobile is their agreement uh, allowed T-Mobile to use Starlink so you can have cell phone service anywhere. Wow. Oh, he's working with T-Mobile already. Yeah. Yeah. A few months back, they, they announced that. So 
I don't know if I need a different T-Mobile phone. Uh, I didn't look into it because I would never go to like the middle of the desert or somewhere where I need a satellite. Um, but he's got uh, a T-Mobile service where I guess the roaming goes to the satellites now. So do you always have, do you have T-Mobile? Yeah. Do you always have service? Uh, you know what's weird is like since they've brought on this 5G and this is the first 5G phone I've had, I've never had service that was so bad. Like I remember this like years ago where stuff wouldn't upload, but the last few years it was like, it seemed like it was fine. I never had those issues where stuff wouldn't refresh. I mean, if I was in the middle of a massive building, but if I'm out in the middle of Miami on a street, like you'd expect everything to be fine. Dropping calls and stuff like that. This is stuff I've only experienced with the 5G kind of bullshit. Um, and that stuff I forgot that seemed like that was cell phones in its infancy, but now it seems like it's back. I mean, what's, what, who are you with? And, uh, AT&T. Are you dropping calls or anything? I don't, no, it doesn't happen a lot. Dead spots, but not dropping calls now. But I, I know Elon had come out and had said that the, the satellite, the satellite that he has like for phone service, it's not ready for like to hook your computer up to. Okay. It's so not strong enough to download a hundred gigabytes. It would take forever. Yeah. It's probably too much data, I guess, to move through it. So maybe they're testing it here and there and you're getting a drop call, but once he does perfect it, shit, yeah, get out of the way. Yeah. <clears throat> but that that's what, uh, they had said about that, that the satellite wasn't quite there yet for that. And there is no 5G. That's the biggest bullshit. 5G will kill you. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I I, I think it's just, um, I've heard a bunch of conspiracy theories where what the real benefit is that it allows uh, people to be tracked better. They're able to see exactly where you are in buildings and things like that. Um, I definitely see all the 5G antennas all over the place. So if they are putting out kind of radiations, we're getting yeah, five, a heavy dose. Seriously, 5G was meant uh, to push the COVID and we could never use 5G as a signal because the radiation, if, the, if 5G radiation, if 5G signal went to that phone, it would kill, we, we'd both be dead. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. See, I know nothing about any from, of that stuff. And, and that's from a... 71 year old biophysicist scientist so 5g is there's no 5g that's bullshit so when it says 5g on your phone we should sue them for fucking copyright or uh what would that be if it's if they're uh, lying. false i guess false advertising or something i'm sure we'd win <laughs> yeah we wouldn't be we wouldn't have our brakes cut in the process yeah yeah but there's no 5g seriously that's it's scary how something I mean, you, that that would never get out. They control the media. Yeah. Everybody's in on it. Sprint saying it, T-Mobile saying it, the phone, the phone manufacturers. Like, how many people know it's bullshit, and they're still just like, nope, just run that. When you get home, go on Brave and Google. Would fight would a five G signal kill you? Now you might have to go through like twenty pages, or whatever browser, and you'll find it. Yeah, I've got Brave on on there. Yeah, you'll find it. That 5G is impossible. One shot signal to that phone kills us both sitting here. Yeah, and then that oh. makes you realize, or makes you think, what were, okay, what were the intentions of all of that infrastructure being put in place? COVID. Coincidentally. Remember, COVID sometimes. started in 2009. When did you start hearing about 5G? 2011. Yeah. yeah. 09, 11, Huawei, blah, 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 blame it on China, da, 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 da. Yeah. What's, I've got some friends who they, uh, any kind of conspiracy theory just falls on deaf ears with them. And they, they use the, the Occam's razor 
um, thing where Occam's razor is like a principle where it's like, what? Oh, I was just doing that so like your head isn't in the way. Uh, Occam Occam's razors. If you're not familiar, it's uh, the principle that like the most, the most like the the easiest explanation is the most likely it's like okay but that would make it so that no conspiracy theory like if you apply occam's razor to everything then that means there's no conspiracy theory and while it might be applicable to most things it can't be applicable 100 percent of the time so as you start seeing like like these are the same guys where it's like no twitter is they're slanted left they're like they're not slanted left they're just you know booting off the crazy guys well now elon's just dumped that it's like oh it's so now i'll dump it in the group chat i'm just like I'll dump a headline, just Occam's razor, and just put that in there, just a little subtle jab. But the uh, I do, I've heard all sorts of theories about the 5G and everything, and it's going to be obviously one of those things that, unfortunately, maybe unless it comes out through Twitter, uh, we're not going to hear about until damage is done. I mean, damage probably is already done, but I bet you Pfizer's going to have some kind of a pill for us. <laughs> yeah, to make sure that that radiation goes away. Yeah. It will come out once they're done making their money off of 5G. When, when they actually have a faster signal than whatever we're using now and it's, you know, 7G and it's actually a signal, then somewhere, somehow it will come out that there was never a 5G. We'll probably be dead by then. Yeah. The way this is going. <laughs> yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like like I was saying, if, if Elon's a bad guy, what are we going to do about it? Nothing. Like, they could just... It would just create a little uprising if they told us, but they know that it, it's. They could say tomorrow Biden can go on live television and be like, "Yeah, aliens are real. We killed JFK. You know, Bigfoot's real, and everything else." And like, what are you gonna do? We've been lying to your face. COVID was fake. What are you gonna do? And she's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna get upset. Some of us are gonna go throw some Molotov cocktails. They'll be put in jail." And the rest of us are just going to go to work tomorrow and just go, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, like either way, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's fun conversation. You yeah. know, it's fun to think about it, to guess what's going to happen, use our brains. That's, a, that's the way I look at it. It's like, let's just explore it. Like, I'm not changing my life. I'm not quitting my job and going to move in the hills. But, like, let's just say if this were the case, what would that look like? Yeah. kind of looks theoretically it look a lot like what's going on right right and believe me if i if elon had one flame floor can i even say throw flame thrower available i would stop the podcast right now and order it so <laughs> uh, that, was, that was one of the biggest things I, I wish i bought me too oh that was that's a massive mistake that's why i jumped on the burnt hair i was like i gotta earn this uh, own this because it'll be cool as like conversation piece on a wet bar or something yeah, decades because, down the road be like yeah it's elon because nobody knows you know it seems like it it, it it seems like the outcome is he's a bad guy, but either way, there's nothing we can do, and it's fun while we're watching. Yeah. Now tell me about last thing, the Web three, because you're the Web three guy. Mm. How did Web three get hacked? So that was. I can explain that one, Casey. That was built. I mean, FTX specifically. I think that was just the the nicest narrative would be the kid just got too deep and didn't understand what the hell was going on with 428 million in hacks oh i thought you were talking about the ftx hack no no web three yes so that would be um basically one of the common phrases that you'll hear in the crypto space is not your keys not your wallet or not your keys not your crypto what that means is if you don't have your cryptocurrency, as I was saying before, stored on a cold wallet, which means it's not connected 
to the internet. It's not something, because if it's connected to the internet, it can be hacked. People are like, oh, it's on my MetaMask. That can be hacked. Oh, it's on my Coinbase. That can be hacked, especially Coinbase. That's, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's because Coinbase has your key. They they have the ownership. So it's, if they get hacked, they've got, you're fucked. What they call is like custodial rights, like your bank. Yeah. Like, oh, my money's in my bank account. It's like, yeah, but that's in your bank. That's theirs. Banks. Yeah. Damn. Whereas the money in your safe, that's the equivalent of having crypto in a cold wallet. So your money in the bank, if it's in a bank vault, let's say, it could someone can go in and rob the bank. So now your money is gone. Now everything's just little uh, pixels on a screen. So when it comes down to you know crypto, it's just a bank account that got hacked, and the money can be moved anonymously somewhere else. So was this on the exchange too? Yeah, like these Web three was hacked on the exchange. Yeah, these oh. these hacks will happen on exchanges, and um, sometimes they'll hack the uh, hot wallets, which are the ones that are you know, live connected to the internet. And the reason people would have that is so that they can make an exchange, uh, make a transaction happen really easily instead of moving it. So like I said, like if you want to buy something off Amazon and your money's in your safe, it's a pain in the ass to take that cash, take it to the bank, put it on debit card, and then purchase something with Amazon. So the equivalent would be having it in your- This episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com MSCS. The link is in the description below. Um, seed phrase is now stored on uh, a ledger. So now you can plug that in kind of like a key and it gives you access to it. So having that in your safe makes it so you don't have to memorize it. Um, it's not in your email where I hack your Gmail and now I've got, oh, you sent it to yourself. Now I've got your, your password. It's the same thing. People think it's more vulnerable because it's, it's cryptocurrency. It's not more vulnerable, but if I were to hack your email and you emailed your bank information and now I have your username and password to your bank account it's the same vulnerability it's just online access but by taking that password and having it stored you could even write it down on paper there's some people who have it tattooed um, they have these metal cards that kind of look like dog tags and like the idea is like well what if there's a fire or a flood and your ledger gets fried or whatever else if you have the metal thing then you can so it's basically just storing the password for, for lack of a better term, it's a seed phrase. It'll be 12 to 24 random words. It'll be desk, bird, you know, pancakes, you know, whatever else. It has to be entered in that order, and that'll give you access to where that is stored on the blockchain. If you lose it, that's what happens with, like, there's, a, there's tens of thousands of lost Bitcoin that are just somewhere. It's still on the blockchain, but you can't access it because that password oh, is shit. gone. Someone had it on a hard drive, and it's gone. So it's still there in the blockchain. You can look at it on the blockchain, but no one can access it. 
So that's what people say when they say like, not your keys, not your crypto. You're not actually taking Bitcoin or, or the crypto off the chain or putting it in, in a device. You're taking the access to it and making it so someone can't hack it. If I have a USB drive, that's if I've got a, a hard drive that's in my safe or just sitting here on the desk, but it's not connected to anything, you can't hack that. You'd have to come into this room physically and gain access to it. Same thing. Or having it written down on paper. They have paper wallets too, which is just the passwords written down on paper and you store it in your safe and hope that you don't lose access to the safe or that your kids don't throw it out when you die. And then just like, what the fuck is this? What's dad scribbling? Bird desk? What the hell is, it? you know, toss it. It's like, there goes $12 million in Bitcoin. But yeah, it's just, it, it takes a little bit of a learning curve and it's so foreign to people that I think it's very intimidating. I think a lot of people also are deterred by it because they feel like they're late to the game. So they want to find reasons to doubt it. And they'll be like, oh, look, it gets hacked. Oh, look, it crashes. But if they really understood it, like I said, read the Bitcoin standard because that articulates the reasons so much better than than I could do. Um, if they really understood it, they'd see, if more people understood it, it'd be, one Bitcoin would be well over a million dollars. If I believed <clears throat> that there wasn't a puppet master, I, without question, in a second, would put every dollar I have on that USB, get a fire waterproof, you know, bag to put it in or whatever, hide it, hide three of them, three different places. That's how I would do it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice, but I, I just, I don't believe in it. Well, and, and it's, that just comes from you not understanding enough of it, which is where a lot of people are. So like if there was like a, a puppet master, um, with Bitcoin in particular, Satoshi Nakamoto is the pseudonym of the guy who created it. He published this paper that and, and started the mining process and developed the algorithms and, and the hash rates and everything for Bitcoin. And then he just disappears. He, he was active for a while. They, they have his um, because he was the one who started the initial mining right. here in the initial Bitcoins, the, the you know, first block, the Genesis block, they call it. And his account is out there. He's never sold a Bitcoin. He hasn't moved it or anything. And people are like, oh, maybe he died. Maybe this, maybe that. But even if the creator came back and some people are like, uh, what's the name of the guy? You had him on the podcast, Dan Pena. You I know? think it's Putin. He, he says it's Putin as well. But here's the thing. Let's say it is Putin. He wouldn't be able to control it because it's already be, been decentralized. Like I was explaining before, it's already the ledger's already out there. So he can't take it back. It's already out there. He'd have to overwhelm the computing power. And now, as I showed before, even if he has dominant computing power, it would just create a fork. And the rest of us would be like, well, fuck Putin. We don't want to have any involvement on his fork. But the rest of this makes a lot of sense. It's pretty good. We'll continue with this. And then when it comes down to you buying Bitcoin, do you want to buy the Putin coin or do you want to buy the Bitcoin fork, which everybody else is still using? So it's like human beings we assign value to stuff like gold is only valuable because we all decided it's valuable. But if like all of a sudden the, the entire world was like, you know, aluminum is valuable. Gold is, we, let's say we found a way to make gold tomorrow. Gold is worth nothing. Yeah, you're right. So now you could be the guy hoarding all the gold and be like, look at how much gold I have. And the rest of us are like, yeah, we're not, we don't care about gold. You just hacked the system and made it so that gold can be infinitely replicated. There's no value to that. But this chain over here that's still maintained and has infinite scarcity, we're maintaining that. So now aluminum is more valuable or titanium or whatever the example you want to use. It's all subjective because we're all assigning value. So those two 
coins will exist if if you were to do a 51 percent takeover or if there was a nefarious character who took control but like i said to do that they'd have to spend billions in miners to have that resource put up which putin has and but he'd put it up take over and like i said when he takes over it would just create a fork because after one block the rest of the network would notice that that's a fraudulent uh transaction they'd see all the extra miners on the network instantaneously and they would just abandon it and create a fork but how if you're wrong and there's a glitch that somebody got it's they could it's 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 just not yeah it's not set up that way they can um if there was a glitch they could always rewind the ledger and go back to like okay you're right she's listening it's not me that's that's your uh, phone see that's apple that was weird i didn't even say anything that sounded like her name Hmm. Uh, <laughs> They're all fucking doing it. She just the last thing she said was it sounded like you're right or it sounded like I'm right. I'm gonna have to listen to that. Uh, what was I saying? Well, so she was told you you're right about the Bitcoin thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's Putin. He's like, okay, I've tried it, but you're right. I cannot do it. <laughs> I've explored the possibility. Um, but yeah, that's that's a fear that people have. It's just like if I have a loaded gun right here, but I don't have a finger on my trigger, finger on the trigger. There's going to be some anti-gun liberal who's like that room's dangerous there's a gun in it but you and i know that gun's not going off like that's not a possibility but to them that's a real fear people with you know an, a lack of familiarity with cryptocurrency it's the same thing they're like oh what what if it it all gets hacked and they take all my money and all this other stuff it's like where's your money right now in a bank account what's your password like your dog's name and your anniversary <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's someone like, I, I don't like the bank much better than bitcoin just that i know that the bank's regulated and I know something. And it's built for inflation. It's Bitcoin for is inflation. infinitely finite. You can but never I create just, more. I don't trust it. I don't trust Re- it. So Re- I, I don't know where to go. Well, I, I know you've got an until open... I, but the way I am, like just the way my mind works, until I know who's behind it, I want nothing to do with it. But if you... And then let me give you one more thing. Let's say Elon. <clears throat> you know how he went and bought a bunch of Bitcoin and then pulled it out? Everybody said, oh, you know, he did that to make money, blah, blah, blah. But how if he was being a good guy and did that to show you how somebody can manipulate it that easily? He goes in and buys. Fuck, it goes up through the roof. He pulls out. What happens? Uh, A lot of that is byproduct of a lack of adoption and um, in regulation. So like let's use gold as an example but go back to elon why would he buy and then pull right back out um from what i understood he held in even though it went up and he would if anything he should have sold when it was up but he didn't he held on to it and i don't think he bought i don't think he sold out of it until um i forget because i know he had his personal bitcoin and then tesla was also holding bitcoin i think tesla hasn't sold their bitcoin they just stopped taking bitcoin for a period i think they may have uh turned it back on but at some for a while at least they were taking it as a form of payment then he stopped that when he found out how detrimental it was to um the environment because of the computing power generating you know fossil fuels to generate the electricity for the computing power so he's like all right we're not i'm not endorsing it now that's when he and dorsey connected because dorsey's like no no no, you need to understand this let's let's talk then after that he and dorsey combined efforts to create a solar mining project and 
I think Elon did sell his personal Bitcoin. I forget exactly when, but it wasn't at the most opportune time. But I think it's just because it doesn't make sense to hold on to something that he think is going down. He understands that markets go up and down. Um, he's even had to sell some Tesla stock. And that's not because he didn't believe in Tesla. He just looked at it as this money allocated over here is going to you know, be more fruitful than it just sitting in Tesla stock. You know, um, so I don't look at that as anything other than a transaction for whatever you know reason he said at that time. He's endorsing cryptocurrency so much, and I think he definitely would understand how important Bitcoin is. Whereas a lot of people, are, like there's Bitcoin maximalists who think it's Bitcoin and, and nothing else. Everything else is garbage. Everything else is going to zero. I don't think that's the case. I think there's going to be Bitcoin. I think a lot of uh, the altcoins are going to be wiped out in this bear market right now, which is what we're seeing. A lot of them were nothing. A lot of them were kind of like startups where like dot com is like such a good example, because if you had a dot com with your business back in the day, people just throw money at you because they didn't understand the Internet. They just know that it's going up. So take my money. And then the rug was pulled out from all of them and you realize they don't really have a product or a business behind it. Same things happening with cryptocurrency where a lot of dumb money went in just because it was a coin that existed. And I think a lot of them are going to be wiped out because what they were doing is instead of having, and, they, and a lot of them unfortunately did have legitimate projects. They just didn't bring them to fruition yet. They were in development, but some of them were just complete bullshit. But I think a lot of them are going to be wiped out. Some are going to survive. Bitcoin is, if any survive, it's Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the most accepted. It's the the biggest one that's truly decentralized. It's truly finite. Like Ethereum isn't decentralized. There's there's a company behind it. Like Vitalik Buterin is the the creator, the CEO, or whatever. If he comes out tomorrow as being like a you know doing some stuff that if i mentioned would get you censored a pedophile okay i was worried about saying that because i know how the censors whatever are. you want we're on all right. spotify oh that's perfect. all that matters okay yeah that's right i forgot how spotify's <laughs> spotify also i think a lot of more people need to give spotify credit because they're doing what elon i think is hoping to do with twitter yeah where like the owner of spotify is like a swedish dude or norwegian or something like that and he's just like fuck it free speech is how it's going um so in any case if uh what was I saying? Bitcoin. About how Elon took out, put back, <clears throat> and and how it... Yeah, he. I think he knows that Bitcoin is... If any crypto exists, Bitcoin's going to be important. Elon can make Dogecoin important, um, and I think he will. I think that will be one of the, the survivors. Uh, I think Ethereum has... Oh, that's what I was saying. If, if uh, uh, Ethereum tomorrow, if, if Vitalik came out as a pedophile... Ethereum's value is going to crash because it's associated with him. It just like if Tim Cook came out as a pedophile tomorrow and that was the headlines. Apple's even though the 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 value of the phone and what it can do doesn't change, we're going to associate that to that person so it makes all of that value vulnerable. Bitcoin doesn't have that. Last question because I never did ask this. What is it with this energy shit to mine? Why does it take so I don't understand the mining and what, how it takes energy. I, I don't get it. It's it's basically um, it, imagine like a really complex mathematical problem that takes enormous amounts of computing power to solve. You know, like when your computer is loading like a big file, like the fan goes on. Yeah, you start yeah. hearing that, and that's because it's it's putting a lot of the RAM, a lot of the resources are being 
dedicated to whatever that process is loading you know filemaker pro or whatever it is it's it's consuming a lot of the uh the the ram at that time that's basically how bitcoin is designed to maintain its value so if we were to look at gold gold is valuable because we don't just find it on the ground all of the easy gold that was on the surface has been found. So now to find more gold, we got to spend money to dig deeper. We need mining and all these equipments and backhoes and all this refinement. Now we're getting little pow like gold powder that we're having to use acid to burn away the dirt. And the long story short is it its value isn't necessarily just because it's gold. It's because now to get more of it, like I've got gold, you're like, oh, I want gold. Well, now we've got to dig deeper. We need a more expensive process to get the gold. So when I find the gold from my mine, I'm going to sell it to you for more money because that's what it cost me to get it. So that's where the value of gold is maintained. Bitcoin was designed to have that so that as more Bitcoin is mined, it's got an infinite scarcity mechanism in it where there's only going to be ever created 21 million Bitcoin. As they generate, uh, as they mine more of the Bitcoin, the mathematical formula for mining more Bitcoin to get that reward increases in complexity and it keeps on doubling and they call it the halving. And what happens is there's half the reward for the same work. So instead of making finding gold harder by you having to dig deeper into the Earth's surface and get bigger machines to do it, what they're doing is they're just cutting the reward in half. So now it's it, it works out being the same because there's more work having to be done. For you to get a Bitcoin, more work has to be done. So it's like for you to get a kilo of gold, instead of having to dig deeper to find it, you just have to mine the Bitcoin with more com uh, computational power. But that's what keeps the the value in it because right now energy has a hard cost that's why a lot of these guys who have uh, uh, um, the big uh, bitcoin mining farms they're trying to go to uh, like i know there's one in texas uh, i forget the name of it but they're actually a publicly traded company and their entire business was just taking the money that they raised on the market to buy miners and they're setting it up for hydroelectric electric dams to offset their electricity cost and solar power wind power and shit like that so now they don't have the hard cost of buying electricity they're generating their own but there's it takes that much electricity to do a math problem it, yeah <clears throat> or all the complexity of it yeah just Holy because shit. it's it's that it's that complex and it's not necessarily like the math problem but that's just like the analogy but really simple way to put it it's yeah. maintaining the ledger which is all the transactions. So like our transaction, the guy that's buying a Tesla with his Bitcoin, the guy that's getting paid for his gig work, building someone's website, all those transactions have to be maintained by the ledger. So there's all those nodes, which all the nodes and miners maintaining it um, and all of that computing power, they're rewarded every time a block of information is stored on the blockchain. Then, you know, Bitcoin is distributed and it's or a a, a bit of Bitcoin is distributed. And do you know who every miner is? You're able to, yes and no. You're not able to see who they are. Like I can't see like this is Tony's, uh, Tommy's uh, mining outfit over here, but I'm able to see like there's this much mining going on associated to this wallet. And if I know the industry, then it's like, okay, I know the this company just invested a billion dollars in Texas in miners. This big wallet that just came on network is probably those guys in Texas. But as far as what I can see, that's what's beautiful about the blockchain is it's transparent in that I can see everything, but it's also anonymous where all I can see is this account and that account. I can't see who's behind it.
So you, you don't know who's mining it. You just know that something. You, you know the wallet mine. that's mining it, but you don't know who's behind that wallet. Hmm. It's like if we were to we we had a hundred people and we all took votes, we could see the votes because nobody left the room, but we can't see who voted yes and no. I just see the tally, so it's transparent because I could see everyone's votes, but I can't tell whether or not you voted yes or no. That's thick. That's thick. If, like I said, if if you if you read or it's on Audible, um, I like listening to stuff that I get information from because then I can go over over and over. Uh, the Bitcoin standard, the and, Bitcoin standard, and the the way I and I know you, you've got an open mind. So, if you have that additional information, it's either going to make you a, a a fan of Bitcoin and help you understand it, or you're going to reinforce your opinion and see what the argument of the other side is and be like, yeah, but that's bullshit. It's just like listening to, you know, politically, if, if you're a Republican who only listens to Republican shit or a liberal who only listens to Democrat shit, you don't know what the valid points the other guys have. So I always look at like, absolutely. You have to, yeah, you gotta listen to both sides. I think you should listen to all sides of everything. And I think you should pay attention to every conspiracy because there has to be some bit of truth in every bit of, yeah, it might not be at a hundred out of a hundred, but what if it's only, what if only 20 of it, a hundred, even if it's 0.1% true. Yeah. Right. That later in life to a scientist, biologist, whoever. Yeah. Could be that one percent missing that they may have needed in you know putting whatever together. Yeah, like you you listen to the the reptilian uh, theories, even the stuff that's far out. It's like okay, you just put that on a shelf somewhere in your man your brain. But then if there's like some doctor who's trying to stick something in you and you see his eyelids close like a reptilian, maybe you get the fuck out of the room. I tell you what got me with like <laughs> the thing with like like I, I believed him, you know. But what solidified it was that he had written, like I said, all of this in the nineties. But what really, yeah. But what really threw me off in 1993, he wrote a book. I forget which one that one was. He wrote a pile of them. I think 300, and it was about that in the 20th century that uh, sex, like gender, would be a a division and destruction of the world as we know it. War, uh, greed, financial, and uh, government overpower. Like said more properly than I can say it. But he had said all this. All coming to fruition. Yeah. And here we are with the gender shit, the war shit, the inflation shit, the control stuff, every oh, the trophy thing. Where everybody everybody gets a trophy. Oh yeah. Like everybody wins. Everyone's special. He wrote that in all all of that everything that's happening now, those five things I said in the wrong way, he wrote in ninety three. And imagine five years ago, if even just he saw that that far back. If I went to you five years ago and be like, yeah, we're going to have a whole political argument to the point where someone getting confirmed as a uh, uh, Supreme Court judge won't answer the question, what is a woman? You'd be like, dude, you're fu- what are you smoking? I need some of that. Yeah. You're crazy. And that's just five years ago. You couldn't see this coming. Like, like I said, they for banned them. It they fucking banned years them. Ago. They banned them for two years for the reptile thing. Then they banned them another 18 months after he said about gender and uh, you know, destruction of government and uh, everybody, I forget how he worded it, but it was, oh, it was where everyone is equal. Everyone yeah. is equal. And once everyone's equal, there is no progression. Yeah, that's basically communism. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, basically communism. Yeah, there's no incentive to innovate at that level. Great guy, loving guy too, real nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've known about him for years and he's always been, uh, a super interesting character. I was fascinated by him. He's fucking right. And his, uh, like, in the beginning, he came out, 
he he really burned himself publicly because I think if I'm not mistaken, he came out saying that he was like the second coming of Christ or something. And he went on talk shows and just kept a straight face because I think he was he explained it um, that he didn't know how to interpret what he was getting. And he's just like, maybe I'm, I'm just Jesus. And he's like, I'm here to tell you this message. And he didn't know how to convey it. So he's like, maybe I'm like the second Jesus. And he burned himself publicly because he's, you know, a famous person. He's not just some crazy guy in the street. So he was able to get in front of cameras and uh, he just stuck to it. And he's been consistent with his story. And now I think he's, he's after some time, he's able to channel in like, okay, I'm not the second coming, but I am an oracle and some, some capability. Yeah, I talked about that. What he actually said was that he was part, part of the higher hierarchy. Okay. And like everything else, they took that out of context. That's what he said. He said, I'm, I'm within the higher. Well, that's the easiest way to make you look like an asshole. Right. To, like a nutcase. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really the last thing. And then we'll get out of here. What's your prediction in 24? One, do you think China attacks Taiwan? Two, who wins? I mean, not win uh, the war. I mean, that's not even. The oh, the, the house. I mean, who who wins the next presidential election, and does China attack Taiwan around twenty four? I think that um, I don't right now. Well, I do recognize it as a possibility. I don't think that China is going to move on Taiwan. Um, I don't really believe any of the wars are really what they seem. They're just ways to funnel money. And I think that um, it makes more sense just to uphold the threat in order to get, because I don't think China wants, you know, embargoes and for us to completely cut them off for supplying. Because especially with more people already shifting to like, well, we'll just make it in the States. We already got scared from COVID. China still wants our money. So I think that's something that they'll use to leverage politically where they're like, we won't do it, but here's our demand list because they would look too much like the bad guys. Like right now they're seeing what's happening with Russia. Russia has the the piece on the board of their energy resources um, and they're able to kind of, you know, manipulate the European Union because, you know, we got, you know, they're in winter right now and they need gas and they need all sorts of fuel to keep warm and keep their lights on. Um, I think China's power isn't energy it's it's their production so i don't think they'd want to be cut off because we don't have to buy their shit we could start manufacturing it here and especially with covid happening there's already been that movement where there are factories and more brands are like well we learned our lesson we got to build it here and there's also more people who are like not everybody is willing to pay that extra money but as opposed to uh, 2019, there's a lot more people who are willing to pay a little bit more to support a company that's in the States. Also, politically, I think half of the country, the red half, would be much more inclined to spending more money on an American-made uh, product. As far as the White House is concerned, I think... On that, though, <clears throat> what do you think China cares about more? Money or being the world power? Uh, definitely being the world power. Then they don't give a shit about the money. I think that they still they got a sleepy head in there right now. This, yeah, th that would be the one thing that would prompt them to do it is That's because it. they wouldn't want to do it before. If 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 they see that Trump can be reelected, especially now with Twitter coming yeah, back, they're not doing. I mean, they're going to want to pull it before. I think whether you're right or left, anyone with half a brain knows that China's not pulling that with Trump. Yeah, and and there's uh, you know, you I think the old phrase and not because I think they're afraid of Trump. I think that Trump would make a deal with them. 
yeah they would it would be a even playing field, yeah more even at least and there's a there's a phrase that um i forget which president used this but it was a, a president who was going for re-election while we were in war and their slogan was something to likes of uh you don't switch horse midstream so the whole thing it would be very advantageous for biden especially if he is friends with china like we all think for them to make some kind of a war happen just so it's like listen man i'm the guy in charge we're already in the middle of the play this is not when you switch the quarterbacks like let me see this through reelect me but without that i don't think he would need an amazing trick i think to pull off because i don't think anybody likes kamala so unless we start seeing i don't see a secondary like i don't see a biden replacement and i've already seen that they're doing stuff in some of the states that shows uh they're rearranging schedules like voting schedules or something i guess i should ask it like this can there be a fair election will there be a fair election in 24 <laughs> uh i'll answer your question with a question you think there's ever been a fair election uh no but not this bad <clears throat> not not where there's no chance for the other party i think i think i think it will be more likely to be fair just because some of the tricks are off the table like we were saying before they're not going to do the same trick twice um but i think there's still tricks up the sleeve that both both sides i'm gonna i'm not gonna say either side is innocent i've never oh, voted they're mainstream both I always vote third party. Um, I'm I'm for whoever's the best. Yeah, I really could care less about red, blue, independent. Yeah, I'm registered independent. I always too. vote the man, not the party. And uh, I've never identified completely with either side in all of my voting. Um, that might change next time, but um, I think that right now, as it stands today, the Democrats have screwed the pooch so much, and so many people are sick of it. Just because even the people who were liberally leaning are just sick of it being shoved down their throats. I've got more friends who have switched from liberal to Republican than the other way. Um, Again, forget about that. Will there be a fair, even election? <clears throat> because I, I agree with you. Because my barber, who I referred to earlier, he said everybody was Democrat, Democrat, and everybody comes in Republican, Republican. I don't think there's going to ever be... But that be, doesn't matter. I don't think there's ever going to be a fair election until we do something that is... Um, we can get into it in a, another uh, episode. Um, it'd be like a cryptocurrency blockchain based thing where only you know, everyone's assigned one account. It can't be fraudulent. There's some kind of verification process. We could do it from anywhere so we don't have to do the mail-in ballots. We could do it from our phones, which everybody has a phone, and do a thumbprint ID in a certain time. Can't do multiple votes and it's all accounted. It's all in the blockchain. It's all verified. And then we can go back like because right now, Every different state had a different issue. This one didn't verify signatures. This one didn't require IDs. This one let people vote, you know, like yeah. until we have a blockchain trans level of transparency, which we have the technology to do it. My One of my last tweets or one of my last uh, posts on Instagram, and I wasn't posting political stuff. If you looked at my Instagram, you wouldn't be able to tell which side I was on. But one of the things was basically talking about there are two semi-political ones. One was... I believe more, more people are libertarians than they realize. They just haven't been given the option and they don't know what a libertarian is. And then the other one was, there's no reason for us in this day and age for, you know, words might be different, but it's basically, there's no reason at this stage that we don't have a blockchain technology. And then my Instagram's cut off and I haven't started a new one personally, just cause 
I've actually, they won't even let me start another Facebook. Really? Yeah. I've tried several times. I've tried different emails. I've tried different IPs. I've tried different devices and it, it'll be up for a couple of days and they shut me down. I don't even get the same friends. I won't even request friends. Somehow they find out that it's me. So I, I stopped, but I got shut down in 2019 and that's it. I wasn't wow. posting anything really? crazy. Yeah, dude. I've got friends who are posting the craziest shit and they don't get shut down. So I don't know if that was it or if this is, I ended up on some weird list. But um, to answer your question, fair election, we would need blockchain technology to do it because all this ballot shit, like why are we still using paper? Yeah. You know, when was the last time you wrote a check? Like, what are we using paper for? This is so archaic. Why are we going to a place? We've all got the capabilities right here. It's all secure. But this is harder to manipulate, I think, than blockchain. Well, you know, the, the only thing I... I see with it. If you took the money out of it, though, <clears throat> if you took money out of it and you can't, you know, this, you, you can't take money from this lobbyist, that lobbyist, whatever it may be, then what? They'd I mean, find out. Uh, they'd find other ways. They'd find it wouldn't be ways, money. Yeah. It'd be tickets to the Yankees. It'd be a car. It'd be, you know, there's humans and power are, uh, it's only a matter of time before there's corruption in there because we like power. We like, you know, that, that control. See, I always thought if you take the money out of it and the lobbyist, because they're always in cahoots with somebody. Yeah. Both sides. You know who always wins the best? Whoever's paying the most. No, Bernie Sanders. Who, what do you mean, whoever's wins no, the most? No, no. Who, who benefits the most every election? Oh, Bernie Sanders. Um, yeah, because you know that they come in and they say, all right, Bernie, how much this time? Yeah. How much do you want? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the biggest contender. It's like you got to take a fall. Just like, it, what do you think they give him? That's what I I don't understand. I mean, it's a different world to us, so I, I think it'd be hard for us to really appreciate what their values are. I know uh, a, a really good quote, um, and I forget exactly what it was, so I won't even attempt, but in the beginning of, um, I think it was the first episode of House of Cards, Kevin Spacey's character was talking about this other guy who took a job as... I think he went into the private sector or something like that. And the guy went from being in the political spec uh, sector to the private sector. And Kevin Spacey's talking to the, the screen, breaking the fourth wall. And he's basically saying he went after money instead of going after power. And he has this great quote about like money is the McMansion in, you know, Sar Sarasota power is the, you know, the castle built and whatever, and basically saying like power is the real value. Money is just a currency that we use. Once you get to a certain level, like being a billionaire, you could already buy everything, but your ability to change laws and to protect certain things, that's where the power is more valuable, you know? Um, so once they fill their bank accounts, I think that would be the only thing at that level. Like look at Pelosi, she's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and still trying to stay in the game at 80 something. She's not going to spend it. She's already passing it down. Like her grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren are done. Like that's that's a made name. She's playing the power game. And at that level, like I don't think you can stop. I don't. Think you don't so retire either. from that. I think you make too many enemies. And you have people protecting you, but they're only protecting you because you're valuable. And as soon as you're like, oh, I'm in retirement. I'm like, okay, we don't have to protect her anymore. Done. See, I think 2024, I think they got them. <clears throat> I think Democrats win again. Really? Yeah, because like I said, I think everybody's going to look for the mail-in. That scares me because three. I know you know so much stuff that I don't know. I mean, I don't want to know it. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> but but 
I, I would, if it was anybody else, I'd be like, oh, what are you saying? You're crazy. But I know you see more than what we see. I'm just looking at it based on what we see. The headlines, the craziness, Biden needing to like be guided everywhere, not being able to get through, um, you know, a speech without some kind of a great audio gaffe. But I know you have conversations off mic that would probably blow my mind. So. <laughs> I, I just don't see how it's... it's and that concerns me because... Yeah. The Democratic Party is closer to socialism, and like we said before, it's a sl- slippery slope. Yeah. And I'm I'm not affiliated with either either party. I just see that one being scarier right yeah. now. It may look like I'm right because of the people that come on, but I'm ge- I'm genu- genuinely who is for best. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Other than that, well, there's what we want and what we think is going to happen. Yeah. You know, and yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> right now, I don't think those are the same thing. <laughs> I know, man. Well, thank you for your time, man. Yeah, it's always, always a, a pleasure having uh, really cool conversations, man. Yes, sir. And the next one will be another great one, too. We'll have a pile of shit to talk about in a oh, month or two, I'm imagine. sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. And uh, t- thank your fiance for allowing you to come hang out borrow, for a couple let, hours. Letting you borrow me, yeah. <laughs> I had to borrow you. Yeah. <laughs>